Three, two, two one. one. Good enough. You're close. Give them to me. <laughs> well, we were counting at the same time. That'll be a, that's a good reference. <laughs> good enough. Roughly, roughly the same time. I don't know, there's got to be like a micro delay on Skype or something. How can we possibly be speaking to each other when there's an ocean between us? That doesn't exactly. make any sense. It's, it's a miracle. How do magnets work? <laughs> How do they know that one is north and one is south, when, uh, but they don't have east or west? That doesn't make any sense. It's ridiculous. I got sent out of... Uh, Class in year two for asking that question. Really? <laughs> it's like, yeah, he's obviously not because I'd incited anything. It's like, you're clearly a lost cause. <laughs> I can't imagine you getting sent out of class. Um, I did once get, uh, I got sent out of, I wasn't sent out of assembly, but I was asked to abstain from it because <laughs> they were, because it was a, it was C of E and every assembly ended with C of E. Uh, Church of England? Church of England, yes. C of E school. Uh, and every assembly... Um... I didn't know you went to a Church of England school. Yes. Yeah. Back in London. London, yes. Um, yeah. And every assembly would end with the Lord's Prayer. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. And... You know, I told an American that once, and they were like, that's disgusting. Yeah. Because I, I, mean... I went to a, prim a normal primary school. I didn't... You know, no, just my local primary school, and we sang hymns. And I told him that. And he was like, I cannot believe that. That's gross. Yeah. Well, they, they take us on trips to churches as well. You know. Um, what? To, to do yeah, what? Well, the, well, this is a church, everybody. No, for a service, basically. And then we, oh yeah, we'd sing God. hymns there. We'd rehearse them in the school hall. And then we'd yeah, pop down to the church. Um, I, it wasn't regular. What? I think it would probably be more, once or twice a term or something like that. Uh, maybe a bit more around, around Christmas. Did your dad know about this? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what happened with the, when I, uh, they asked me to abstain from assembly because it was a point where they were teaching us about other religions as well. And that school, though it was yeah. C of E, um, at least in my classroom, I'm not sure about the year, I was the only white English kid in there, right? Everyone else yeah. was... Um, th there was a lot of Islamic kids, um, uh, Hindus and stuff like that. And, and yeah. they're talking about you know, all these other religions, they all practice this this and they believe this and this and it's like but you're making them uh sing pray hymns. to yeah to sing hymns and pray to jesus i mean but but you you're teaching us right now that they they believe something else and they should be doing something else it's like all right you you just sit over here for the next half an hour and then we'll just see you back in class okay um fucking wonderful um yeah Wow. Okay. And then, right. Okay. Nothing. Yeah. Else, nothing came of that. You know. I think. Is it? Is it different now in England, or is, are they still doing that? I have absolutely no idea. Obviously, we're talking like uh, you know, well over twenty years ago. Now, I mean, surely something must have changed. That's that can't. If I mean that was happening now, they'd be up in arms about it. But I think you know, a lot of the kids there, you know, are much like myself. You know, we are you know, eight, nine at this point. That's all we've. We've known, really. It's just what we do. It's the same as having breakfast every morning. So I think no, exactly. No, I agree. It was, and I think uh, these you know, kids, normal, that, yeah. despite their, you know, their families, their you know, culture and religions and what have you, didn't think to question it at all. And then you know, as soon as I hear that, it's like that's not surely that's not right. 
they shouldn't be doing that. And just, and I, I have, I, I mean, it's too far long ago for me to kind of really remember anything that was really said about it. And so, well, they have the choice if they want to. I don't, I don't remember anything like that being said. It was just like, you stay over here. That would be that. It never, you know, I mean, I, I was, I went back to assembly after that. It wasn't like the last time I ever went, but they were just, just like, just let's just forget about it and move on. We'll just carry on, carry on as normal. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah. I'm fairly certain that when I told my dad that, he was pretty proud. <laughs> I, but I yeah. hadn't achieved anything, as it turned out. Yeah, that boggles my mind. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely remember in my primary school, um, my year four teacher was like uh, pretty into God. <laughs> and would sort of br bring it up at all, all times, and um, yeah, I wonder if it is still like that because I, I think in a, in America, it, you know, if you, if you're going to sing hymns, then you've actively chosen to go to a religious school. I, I don't know. I mean, like you say, it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't like they were necessarily indoctrinating us exactly, but I mean, a bit. Yeah, I guess. a little bit. I mean, I, I guess for a. A lot of those family that I knew these people intimately, or their or the parents, or anything like that. But I'm sure, had if they had the choice, they would have gone elsewhere. Um, I just imagine it was environment. You know, it's a time where they, they it was slim pickings. Really, it was that or fuck all. Really, uh, there was homeschooling. But then I don't think they had a you know any kind of procedures in place that would kind of acknowledge any homeschooling um, uh, as like a legitimate education. And it's like, well, kids not getting going any further then if I don't send him to this fucking school. Our religious education was uh, very funny. All I remember is Mrs. Nuttall, Mrs. Nuttall, um, saying, um, not saying, um, one of our RE lessons, I think it was probably like year eight or something, we had to read about Martin Luther King. And uh, we read a book, and it was a, a extremely babyish book. It was mainly pictures, um, but, but it was about you know Martin Luther King and a, a, essentially about um, black right the black rights movement of the sixties in America, and because it was somewhat historical, it used the N word. You know, it wrote it Ooh. down, and she specifically said, "If anyone says that word, I will send you to the head teacher." Even though it was written down and we had to take turns reading it, so it would be like. It was extremely basic, and it was like Martin Luther King, you know, stood up for black people, even though white people, some white people would, you know, shout N at him. And every time a kid had to do it, they'd have to awkwardly be like... Look around the room a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and you know, I, I think it's safe to say in Britain, that word is nowhere near as powerful as in America. It's not used... I mean, am I right in saying that? I've never heard anybody say that, like, unironically. Yeah. Like, I've, the only time I've ever heard people say that is when they're, like, singing a song that has that word, that terrible word in it. Uh, you know, people don't call each other ends. The, the racism in Britain is much more towards, like, the Pakistanis. Yeah. Is that, is that, I mean, I've not been there for a while. Is that, is that still true? Yeah. The Pakistanis are the omni-term for fucking everyone who's... Um, Asian. I mean, God, Asian. You know, you know. I used to know a guy um, who was from Burma, and uh, he had some DVDs, and I, they were like, uh, you know, 
copied DVDs. And I said, oh, where have you got these copied DVDs from, Sonny? And he said, oh, I bought them from an Asian man at the market. <laughs> and he didn't, he, well, he wasn't, a, you know, he, to him, he wasn't Asian. He was Burmese. I don't know, whatever. When you yeah. say Asian, that could mean anything. But anyway, I guess I mean sort of Pakistani Indian. They're, they're the target of the racism, right? Yeah, well, that was definitely what I most prevalent when I was growing up. But when I moved back to London and definitely when I started working uh, as a chef, I realized that, you know, the British racism is unconstrained. Um, to It's anything that isn't white British, really. Um, oh, right. OK. Um, a lot of people seem I think to... I you worked with a load of Italians. I did, yeah. Um, but... Uh, I noticed that they... What were they like then? Oh, these bloody immigrants coming here. <laughs> Stealing all the jobs. <laughs> hey, yo. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. But they uh, they took it in good fun. You know, they taught, they <laughs> called me a sleazy British uh, scumbag. And all that. And they, they were, they, they bat it back just as, you know, cheerfully. Um, no, no, no. Um, it was... Uh, Definitely, it was focused a lot more towards the Eastern Europeans, really. Um, oh, really? People, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. Um, a lot of people, uh, used, a lot of people were having problems with like the what they thought were the Polish community, right? Um, and th- then I realised when I would kind of would meet these these people that would be you know the target of the uh, this kind of uh, discrimination. Turns out they, it was anything but really, but it was just anything that just was kind of. You know, further than Germany, clearly just Polish. You know, I was like, okay, fine. No, this one's—he's from Lithuania. She's from Russia. What are you talking about? Oh. But you know, after a point, they just—you know—when you when you're sizing people up like that, when you you know, when you think that like that, it doesn't really matter. You've just decided that you want to be hateful. So it really doesn't—you know—the specifics don't, uh, yeah, make any fucking difference after a certain point, really. I mean, in, in London, there used to be a lot of Polish people who had, um, I guess, in the sort of late 2000s, come over from Poland as was their complete right under the European Union to work, uh, as there was a huge gap in the British uh, employment, in the British employment sector, in the British, in a sector of Britain, there was a huge gap in the market where basically, correct me if I'm wrong, Damien, but what had happened under Tony Blair, etc., they decided everyone should go to college, everyone should pursue uh, pursue professional jobs, and then we we ended up with this huge, um, huge lack of, uh, I guess, what you would call sort of you know um, skilled tradesmen. You couldn't mm-hmm. find a plumber, you couldn't find an electrician. So you had a load of Polish people come over and be plumbers and make really good money. And from what I heard, they were really good. It's weird that there would be resentment against that. But I remember meeting two Polish people. I mean, I met several Polish people. I remember meeting two Polish dudes. Uh, One, I was in a park, and um, Gunnersbury Park at the pavilion, I was stood there smoking a fag. (laughs) And, um, I mean, sorry, smoking a cigarette. (laughs) And um, 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 it was was like night. I was just, I I was stood there, and this Polish guy came up to me, and he said, excuse me, are you Polish? And I said, uh, no, I'm not. And he said, oh, I'm meant to meet uh, another Polish guy here uh, at this time. And I was just wondering if it's you. And I was like, oh, it's not. And, he, and then he was like, oh, okay, are you sure you're not Polish? <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then I met another guy who, um, in, in Ealing, walking around. 
And he was like, he, I don't know what had happened, but he was like crying or something. Something had happened. And he said, excuse me, could I borrow a pound to get on the bus? And I said, yeah, no problem. There's a pound. And he said, oh, thank you. Are you Polish? <laughs> and I was like, no. And I don't know. I just sort of like began, began to get the sense like, do, do people who aren't Polish not talk to you? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's the um, same. I'd say, you know, you give off a, like a certain vibe or something, but there's nothing to that, really. It's just, yeah. Is there nothing compared to that guy that, like, he was, like, 50 years old. Clearly, he'd been homeless for a long time. Like, it was about 11 o'clock in the morning. I was getting on the tube, and he was, like, fairly drunk. And obviously, he looked upset. And he came up to me. He came right up to my face. And he said, and he was really upset about something. A completely different guy. He was really upset. He said... All in one, all in like one fucking syllable. Hello, I'm sorry to bother you. It's my birthday. Can I have five pounds? <laughs> and I said, "All right, yeah, you can have five pounds." And he 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 put his arm, he put his hands around my ears, pulled me forwards, and he gave me a full on kiss. And it, <laughs> it was the best kiss I've ever had. <laughs> Open mouth, uh, presumably. Yeah. Um, um. Yeah. Yeah. It was open mouth. Yeah. I mean. He was open mouthed, and I was not expecting this. And yeah, the the tongues touched. Oh. It was it was fantastic. I'm married. It to was a now. it was a passionate embrace. Yeah. Okay. So there's a okay. So it's towards the Polish people. Okay. How? I mean, um, yeah. that's what I observed um, when I was working. You know, in a lot of those places. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there's no rhyme or reason to it. it it's I'm, I'm sure they can. You know, that, so what do they say, like, thinking, oh, fucking Polish, or what? No, no, I mean, no, nothing like that. I mean, uh, just it was just kind of a, it was just generally a low opinion. I mean, I encountered I, I a few guys that just had this really old kind of world opinion, and it's just like, uh, they they were here, you know, just to take the jobs, basically. And I, um, yeah, the, the jobs they don't... that we can't fill, that's why they were here. I mean, they've all gone now, haven't they? They've all They've all gone back to Poland, because there's nothing in Britain for them now. Yeah. But they'd say things like, well, they have to be here because there's no money in picking turnips where they're from. It's like, fuck off, dude, really? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over here for a little bit and I <laughs> hopefully won't have to talk to you ever fucking again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, now we've left the EU, we can be an island all on our own. Yes, absolutely self-sustaining. I'm sure that will work out absolutely fine. It's not like the country's gone tits up since then anyway. From strength to fucking strength. <laughs> Why were we talking about this? Just I, ge- uh, general. Oh, we were talking about. We started with um, RE and stuff like that. One thing I did want to just uh, quickly mention is something of these um, RE lessons I used to have in primary school when they were teaching us about the various religions and stuff like that. And I do remember, much like you were talking about that cheap book that had a lot of, uh, which is essentially a picture book. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of our. RE lessons, you would end up with like a picture that we'd have to colour in and stuff like that, and it's something that you pro- obviously would not get these days when you've got uh, depictions of like various um, religious ceremonies, with the, and specifically it'd be Hindu and Islam and stuff like that. And it's, it's like, what crayons do I use for this? Um, and obviously, you don't give a, you don't think give it a second thought when you're a kid. Um, because you know you're, you're still innocent, but fuck knows if I saw that today, it's like oh, oh, that'd be a that's that'd be a fucking minefield. What do you mean? You like how what what crayon should I pick to colour in the men? 
from oh, I, another country. The men. Well, no, the depictions, you know, clearly Christianity was, you know, very white British, and then you obviously had people that were, shall we say, far flung. And it's like, oh, no, it's clearly designed with certain crayons in mind. And it's like, that's, that's not tactful at all. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> oh, God. I knew, I knew someone who uh, went to school in Somerset, and um, it was, you know, 100% white, but one of the kids uh, was um, Aborigine Australian. Is that even okay. the right term? I apologise if it's not. Native Australian, basically. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, you, know, you know, they looked black. You know, to a, to a British person who didn't know, that would be, a, I guess, a black person. Right. And um, there was a theft or something at school, and they, uh, I don't know if they just thought it was him or it was him or something, but the headmaster had an assembly and they said, and we know who it is, and we know it because they are very distinct. Oh, oh fuck off. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. they'd set him on fire now. Cheeky Would fucker. Would they, though? Well, they should. <laughs> he wasn't correct, though, was he? I mean, that might, I have no that, idea. I have no be, idea. That'd be that the only was. saving grace. If I don't know, it wasn't my school, but Oof. yeah. Oh, what I was going to say as well, before I forget, as well, is uh, when you talked about getting sent out of a class, um, I remember the best getting sent out of a class I ever saw was in Germany. Germany was in Germany. Was in German, um, which was, or you know, the languages we. We studied was an absolute fucking joke, mm. but it, in German, um, it was you know complete pandemonium. The the teacher um, didn't have, I didn't give a shit, whatever. The, the kids would do what they want, and um, she got annoyed at one point, and there was a kid messing about at the other end of a class, and she shouted, "Oi!" And this really quiet kid who never would say anything stood up and went, "Nata!" <laughs> and got sent out. <laughs> It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to. Yeah, I don't remember that. I, um, no, it wasn't at your school. It was the one I went to. Before. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, I'd have. I, I'd like to shake that person's hand. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, t he told me he went home to his, his. He went home and explained it to his dad, and his dad said, "Oh, right then." <laughs> it was irresistible. <laughs> Good work, son. I mean, we didn't get sent out. We were good boys, weren't we? <laughs> well, we were kind of we were off the radar, I think. <laughs> but we never, we were always fucking around. We just, oh yeah, you know. We I think we goad other people to incite violence. We pull the strings a little <laughs> bit. But we'd never actually commit any atrocities ourselves. We would much more subversive than that. Talking in class or anything. We're talking about atrocities. <laughs> I do remember getting told off in chemistry once because we had to do something where it was, I don't know, it was like mixing two things in a beaker. But somehow I ended up being the only only person in the entire class who got their Bunsen burner out and started burning magnesium. Oh, that's right. Like, and then I seem to remember... Throwing it at people like, flashbang, flashbang. <laughs> um, it was when the physics teacher wasn't looking because he kept a oh, no. roll of it. Oh, yeah. Um, um, on the desk and what have you. So it was like, you know, it's like um, cat and coo, really. We go up, we'd swipe whatever we could and then just create, ignite something that was brighter than the fucking sun. Yeah. <laughs> I can still see it. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. I, there's no hope of recovery. That eye's gone. They were the days. 
Yeah. Did we ever have any potassium in any of those lessons? Why? What does that do? It explodes in water. I mean, I seem to uh-huh. remember they might have uh, had like tiny, tiny pellets that they could put in a dish and you'd see it just go poof. It would just kind of stream around. But yeah, um, I mean, that's... Just... I don't know if I'm just remembering that from maybe one of the crappy videos that they showed us. I definitely remember a demonstration on one of them where they put a high volume into like a glass jar. It completely, you know, it was like an incendiary device. Um, but I, I want to say that someone tried to swipe something and just kept throwing it in the sink and just, you know, warping it basically. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that sounds about right. Yeah, the teacher didn't give a shit. And no, clearly, clearly not. Didn't. Or they were just hopelessly fucking outmatched by you know the unruly you know masses. Yeah, we weren't that unruly. No, we weren't. But there were definitely some. We talked about it. Um, I think in another uh, another one of these, uh, there were definitely some classes that were way way out of way out of control. Well, re re definitely there was. Um, I mean, no one cared. The teachers didn't care. Um, I, I, in fact, I remember uh, my mum asking me because on one of the reports in RE, they, the teacher had written um, something like, George is a very good student in what can often be a disruptive environment. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, no one cared. It was just, you know, we did one hour of religious education every week and it was uh, pointless, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's interesting you ever you were ever described as that. I would describe you as the polar opposite, really. Disruptive in a positive environment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean I, I guess what I was always I wasn't really trying to I was always trying to like disrupt the teacher, right? It wasn't like I was necessarily trying to fuck with other kids. It was always like the teacher's the one you wanna derail here. Oh yeah, yeah, that's the high score, yeah. Yeah, that's the high score, yeah. If you can make them fucking blink. <laughs> Oh, I liked casually observing from the sidelines. I just ignored everything that went on. I don't, I I don't remember doing anything particularly bad. No, not at all. But I seem to remember in a lot of those RE lessons when we were given sheets to kind of read and then fill out a uh, you know, questionnaire. We'd just write pages of absolute fucking bollocks and in hysterics to ourselves. <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, uh, we had to write, like, write the diary of Anne Frank as if you were Anne Frank. And it was like, Monday, I love my life as a little Jewish girl. Tuesday, the Nazis came today and took me away. <laughs> Wednesday, my family were killed in a concentration camp. Thursday, I think the war might be over soon. Friday, I've been killed. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean what were the teachers really expecting of like 13, 14-year-olds? There was going to be no maturity or sensitivity whatsoever. Of course it was going to be bollocks like that. Yeah, well, they just get, they would just give us a worksheet and then, you know, like, I don't know, read OK or something. Yeah. Well, but, but I, I might have mentioned this before um, on one of the podcasts. Stop me if uh, yeah, if I have. But the music uh, lessons that uh, <laughs> we used to get, because we, uh, we only had, like, um, music lessons for, like, half a term, which is, like, what, six weeks, something like that. And then they just <laughs> didn't have the te- teachers or something oh, yeah. like that. So so we would go to the music room and stuff like that, and we'd have substitutes who would either... Who would essentially Not just be musicians. It. Yeah. There was no musical training in those lessons anyway. You know, if there was a music teacher, they said, look, there's 20 keyboards, go over there, put the headphones on and make some fucking awful noise for an hour. Yeah. 
which is exactly what we did. Um, yeah. But the substitute would come in, and they'd come in with um, like 30 laminated sheets about the history of the electric guitar or something like that. And oh, had yeah. a picture of a Strat on the front, um, 200 words on one side, and 10 questions on the back. And then you just read that and then fill that out for an hour, you know, write that, the answers down for an hour. And then we would do that for, for the rest of the fucking year. Fucking shoddy. Or they would get bored and they'd ship us off to another, uh, um, uh, another art studio and say, like, you're not doing music now. You're going to do textiles because <laughs> we've got, we've, we've got, a, we've got um, a free space here. Textiles, yeah. I forgot all about that. What did you do in that? Oh, yeah, I remember the whole textiles uh, shenanigans where someone stole, uh, what did they steal? Something. What did they steal? And like they made everyone pay a pound for it. Really? It would have been like no, pinking shears your, or something. It was in your. It was in your lesson. I wasn't there. Yeah, someone stole something. They paid everyone a pound, and your dad was like, "I'm this fucking is the furious. Hill. This is the <laughs> hill I'm gonna die on. Fuck that." <laughs> Damien is not paying a pound. Uh, Do you remember? I mean, I just barely, but I can't remember what was stolen though. I can't remember anything of any value that would you know require everyone to pitch in a pound to replace it. The fact that they would make you do that at all. So, who would fucking do? Who would really, you know, submit to that bullshit? Well, I you think mean they, stealing something or paying a uh, pound. Getting an entire class to pay a pound and reasonably thinking that you're going to do that was it really to you know to replace something? I would just you know if I was a teacher that realized that fucking hell, some of them are paying up. I'm going to pocket this. Fucking hell. I remember in biology once someone stole a scalpel. Or, well, that's a bit of a, a different. Scal- a scalpel went missing, and the teacher uh, was like, "Well, no one's leaving until we find this. We're going to check everyone's bags. You know, if we, if we don't find it, we'll call the police." And then it was like, oh, "It's been six minutes now. Fuck it." <laughs> I was about to say, "Well, respect for that. You know, lockdown. That's that is a very dangerous thing to go missing. But yeah, naturally, they gave up. <laughs> All right, well, we checked about fifteen of your bags." And it's it's kind of p- trending a certain way, so it's as good as you know, it's as good as safe. It's fine. You can I go mean, home check, now. check your bags. You know what? Check your bags. Like you mean, look inside it for a minute. Um, you know, I remember when I first went to Mexico. I was hanging around uh, um, this bar. I was sort of helping out there, and um, like helping out this Italian guy who was, uh, I guess, not doing it up, but sort of cleaning it up, and. Um, I, I went there uh, one morning at about 10 a.m. to find Luigi, who I was working with. And, um, you know, I, the place I went to in Mexico, uh, at f- the first place I ended up was um, this place by the beach. with uh, It's about a population of a 1,000. And it was, I mean, looking back, it was very touristy, but I was there sort of off-season. And um, it was, you know, for, for a town with a 1,000 people, it was extremely violent. They had about two murders a year. And while I was there, someone fell uh, off a roof and died. And um, what had happened in this place, it was in, um, it was on the West Coast. Very, very, it was in Oaxaca, low down in Mexico. Right. It were, you know, not, not a super dangerous state or anything, but it was, it was the poorest state in Mexico. And um, what had happened, uh, I think a couple of years before, was... Um, uh, a small plane had gone down nearby and it was full of cocaine. So you could buy cocaine there for nothing. People would get, it was like, 
Oh, welcome to welcome to my restaurant. Okay, yeah, I'll make you some enchiladas. Would you like some coffee? Would you like a little side of cocaine for a dollar? I mean, it was just everywhere. Right. Um, okay. So, so, so there was cocaine in this bar. I mean, they weren't dealing it, but there was, you know, cocaine all about. And I walked out one day, and I walked to the. I didn't have anything. I wasn't involved in that at all. But it was everywhere, and I walked to. Um, uh, the bar and outside of the bar there were three federales in like combat armor with m16s oh yeah and they're just there and they were like oh you know who are you and i'm like oh hey and i'm like i'm a tourist okay you're a tourist <laughs> come can we check your bag I'm like yeah i mean that's fine i had nothing in my bag to be worried about so i said like, yeah there you go and i literally just opened it and they looked inside it it had like i don't know like a t-shirt in it and some books they looked inside it and they were just just like nodded and smiled and were like, okay, thanks. I mean, I could have had like a fucking kilo of cocaine like under my T-shirt and they would have never known. Right. Do you reckon they were just winding up tourists then just to see if no, they'd shit your no. pants? They, they were definitely there. No, no, no. They were there to steal someone's cocaine. Oh, right. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, the topic is zombies. Um. Z- zombies is a, I mean, a, what would you call it? A trend? A, I suppose so. Exactly, but yeah. I, I, I might go with fad because I, I, I've been, um, I was, I think we were talking about this the other day. I, or I was talking to someone about this the other day, at least. Um, and I don't know, I kind of, I don't see that much these days. I think it's kind of finally died off. Granted, I think it um, had a bit That's more That's why legs. we're doing it. Yeah, Always on course. the ball. Always on the ball. Um, I think it's kind of finally, finally kind of died down a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. what is the, what, the way you kind of briefed me is just like, um, it's like, uh, talk about zombie movies. Why they're, why, why they're shit. Why is Rick such a dickhead? Um, yeah. so on and so forth. And obviously, yeah, like I said just before this, I'd like to go back and refresh my memory. What is Rick? And then, of course, you were talking <laughs> about, uh, The Walking Dead. Um, we used to, you know, shit on that relentlessly way back in there. But that's like a decade ago now. Um, yeah. Last time I saw anything like that would have been like four years ago. I when I visited Berlin, um, the place I stayed, they had um, like a rest- uh, TV, but with like a restricted kind of like smart box on it. So you'd have like three apps on it, but you'd only have like six shows you could watch on each. And they had um, Fear the Walking Dead spin-off, and I I know that had okay. been around for a while. Um, What's that then? I don't think it's, I've heard Fear the Walking Dead. So that's a spin-off of The Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And is that um, just I, The Walking Dead with other characters that they don't have to pay as much? Uh, it, it is exactly that. I watched one episode knowing that I was never going to watch any of this ever again. So I've seen this. It's, it's all very well and good. But how you kind of keep fleshing it out into such a long-winded TV show, I do not know. Um, no, I... Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure we've said this before, and I'm sure if you're a, a fan of The Walking Dead or were or anything, you you know the score. The Walking Dead is a TV show uh, from Frank Darabont, who um, directed the first season, and the first season is much, much better than uh, anything that came after. And essentially, AMC shafted the guy and uh, cut the production budget, and they said said to them, we're going to do more episodes for less money um, after season one. And I think it was after season one, or, or if not, at least after season two. And, it, you know, it it just 
very quickly sort of lost production value and I think sort of uh, interest in itself a little bit and went nowhere. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we dropped off because um, I, I remember liking the first season quite a bit, as you just said. But we, I think we watched about three or four of them. Um, yeah. And it just kept like, meandering on, really. Um, every, it just kind of kept reinventing the same peril every season. And, of course, you know, uh, the, the thing to do to, uh, these days is when you make a TV show is that you have basically one story told over, like, well, uh, however many episodes and I can't remember what uh, season two onwards was like but I know the first season was like 10 maybe something like that and then I feel like they might have fleshed that out to like double that and it just it just got tedious really um yeah 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 it it did and um you know we with I think with almost every zombie film or tv show I can think of um it's usually the same thing for me where it's it's sort of like a really interesting idea a good premise and then it it quickly runs out of steam because uh, i think there's maybe an inherent problem in the idea um if you don't if you don't sort of fix it early on in that zombies aren't actually threatening um yeah yeah, yeah yeah sorry i i was I... Sorry, I was just much. Um, it was clicking my teeth. Sorry, I didn't mean to. I, yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, uh, just just. Well, that you know, say something about that. Um. Well, yeah, it's almost like what I think is really interesting about um, zombie kind of related TV shows and media is that uh, unlike other types of movies and this, that, and the other, and the situations therein. You're kind of man on the street, at least with the people that I've talked to, always has an idea about what they would do in that kind of situation. Mm -hmm. like, you don't see things like bank robberies and stuff like that. It's like, well, if I was, you know, being held hostage, this is what I do, that, and this, that, and the other. People will talk to me about, you know, well, if the zombie apocalypse comes, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to stockpile. This is the kind of weapons I'm going to be using. I'm, going to, I'll, I'll, I'm partial to a crossbow because it's quiet, but if needs be, it's like, you've clearly. Overthought this way too much, and I think that one of the things that's kind of interesting about it is I think it's um, there's kind of like a sort of almost like a wish fulfillment in scenarios like that, and you definitely saw that in like Day of the Dead when they're in like the the shopping mall and what have you, and they kind of have free run of it. So like, yeah, we can just loot to our heart's content. All those you know, uh, all that stuff that we're usually behaving for, we can just kind of throw it to the wind. I think people really kind of get on board uh, with that. Um, but yeah, consequently, I think you know, uh, yeah. They work very short-lived, probably better off as movies than definitely um, as a long-winded TV show because it's more of a more of a thought experiment um, above anything else, really. Like, what if? And obviously, people really get on board with, yeah, what what could I do? Um, partly because I think you know, deep down, people don't want an excuse just to take up arms against everyone around them, really. Yeah, yeah I, I I know what you mean. Uh, you know. There is a certain sort of uh, joy, I think, in, you know, not just watching people, you know, crack open other people's heads, uh, but sort of fantasizing about it and sort of excusing it by like, well, it's not a human. And it isn't, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that's necessarily bad, but it's definitely about that. Like, I think people, if they watched a zombie film or a zombie um a zombie TV show and there wasn't violence, it would sort of miss the point for them. Mm. 
Um, and I think, yeah, so what, what I think the problem is, is if you have the sort of traditional, you know, proper zombie, the shambler, I, I just don't see how that would uh, destroy civilization. As, yeah. we've dis- as you and I have discussed before, I think the army would contain it very, very quickly. I think in America, the police could contain it very quickly. Um, and uh, unless you have some, you know, unless you have something where in something like 28 Days Later where they're running about or you have something where it's like, oh, actually, you know, people, it, it isn't just spread by bites. You know, people became infected and, you know, 90% of the population was infected before they turned. You know, just sort of, you know, I, I've turned into a zombie and if I bite someone, they'll turn into a zombie. Mm. I, I think I think that would be dealt with pretty quickly. Um I mean, have you ever seen the army shoot at things? <laughs> they, they can fucking shoot things pretty well. They have many ways of shooting things. Many yeah. terrifying fucking ways. And maneuvers. You know, and you know like those, the, the big general purpose machine guns that they've got, you know, the 50 caliber machine guns that you see mounted on Humvees, you know, in Iraq, they were using those to shoot down the gable end of houses to collapse houses onto people. You know, Jeez. if, if you, you shoot a person with that, you don't even have to hit someone. Because it's it's got such a tremendous speed and uh, force behind it, it can rip off your arm if it just goes by your arm. Yeah, I was going to. You, you don't have to shoot a zombie that. in the head with one of those. You can just eviscerate them. Um, yeah. How is a zombie going to get into a tank? <laughs> how, you know, how is a zombie going to climb up a ladder? How is a zombie going to get through a fucking door? Well, yeah. I mean, the kind of the whole the foundation of it is just the, you, you have people that are just mindless. You know, um, kind of eating machines or, or what have you. But the only reason that human beings are, you know, are the top predator on the planet is because they're intelligent and they're social. And you kind of strip them of that. You've got something that, quite frankly, there are most hounds kind of outclass a human being in terms of speed and strength and kind of ferocity. So without that, a human being's kind of a bit of a lame duck, really. Yeah, and I guess The Walking Dead sort of, you know, it did get onto well, the real threats other people, right? Yes, yeah, 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 and it became more of a soapy melodrama <laughs> after a while. Yeah, so, I mean, is there a way to do it well? I mean, I don't, you know, it's not like I think every zombie film or everything's been shit. I did like a lot, of, you know, I like a lot of the ideas in them. I like a lot of the ideas in The Walking Dead. It's just, I don't know, it's just sort of ultimately sort of... Uh, I, you know, like, like it's sort of like there's a zombie apocalypse, so I'm going to go out in a tank top. Like, no, mm-hmm. you would, wouldn't you like put? You could put magazines around your arms. A zombie's not going to be able to bite through a magazine. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, what the fuck? You know, yeah. like you'd go to you go to the armory and and you know get out. Uh, I'm wearing Henry VIII's armor now. What, what are you going to do? Yeah, um, what else could you, what else, just around the house, could you um, use to kind of save yourself, you know, uh, armour yourself against the zombie then? Yeah, just just stand up on the top of a car with, uh, you know, like a, I don't know, a, a pool cue and just poke them in the head. <laughs> oh, well, you fortunately, know. my friend Chris has left many here, so I'm well armed in that respect. He hasn't left his pool cue at your house, has he? Well, that means he's dead. <laughs> no, that means he's coming back. He one wouldn't of be anywhere days. without Lucille. <laughs> yeah, he would have a name for it. For it. Oh, that was Uncle Phil's name for his pool cue. If 
you remember. Uh, no, I don't. I wasn't. Uh, 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 You're not up to your. Uh, I'm not a cons- connoisseur fr- when it comes to fr- the Fresh Prince law. No, I leave that. That's very much your domain. I just I let you play around with that, and I'll just kind of nod and say, "Yeah, sure, okay." <laughs> Alfonso Vieira. Yes, that's as guy. every zombie. <laughs> All right. Well, that you can make it terrifying. Yes, I agree. I mean, I've, uh, I've I have heard people say that you know the whole zombie thing, you know, it's what we're saying. It's kind of you know, it's dumb. People wouldn't react like that, and then. Covid came along and like, oh no, they were right all the time. People are retarded. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, what, what do you think the actual sort of uh, interest in it is? Is it just sort of violence? Yeah, I violence think so. and freedom, sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like any excuse to kind of throw th- throw off the kind of societal norms, and, uh, you know, um, in any kind of civilized society, and just be kind of feral. I think a lot of people, you know, chomp at the bit a little bit. And uh, when you, uh, like a zombie apocalypse is, is a good kind of excuse for something like that. And I stand by it. I think, it, yeah, it's def- there's definitely a lot of wish fulfillment there. Like, there's no, there's no way that people would have such bizarrely concrete plans, you know, in the event of such things. Really? Yes. I mean, but do you, do you think those concrete plans would actually, they would play out or would it be... Of course not. These people, you know, no. I've seen the people I'm talking to are, are dweebs. You know, they'd be they'd be first up against the fucking wall. Yeah, they'd be <laughs> zombie chow in fucking twenty minutes easily. It's like, well, I appreciate the thought. It's fascinating to see how your mind's working. But come on, man, stay in your lane. You need to hide underground. You know, just be prepared to never see sunlight ever again. <laughs> I mean, what what would you do right now if they, you know, oh, I, I'm looking outside and ninety percent of the population are zombies. What would you do? Because me, I would uh, lock the door and I would read my paper. <laughs> possibly turn off the lights. I don't know. Um, I would. I, I would be Run right behind you. Except I think you know there are too many um, uh, compromised uh, windows and doors uh, in this perimeter. I don't think it would hold very long, even even with uh, shambling zombies. Or just go upstairs and put a wardrobe in the stairway. <laughs> Okay, yeah, that's good. I mean, I, I don't think we have anything like that that's not fixed with uh, wall, but we do have a f- few kind of rogue mattresses in the hallway. Maybe I can just prop them rogue up. Rogue mattresses? What? What do you mean? A few? Yeah, there's like... Now I'm just imagining hallway. a hallway just just wallpapered with mattresses. I mean, it's not far from the truth, yeah. We've had a Why? lot of uh, different, beds, different beds up here, uh, a lot of different bed frames, which I have, in t- you know over the course of the last year, dismantled and got rid of the rubbish. But um, uh, my dad has been reluctant to get rid of the mattresses or not really know what to do with them. So what we do is we've taken them out of the, he's taken them out of the room and we've got them propped up against the wall. So, I mean, granted, I, I don't walk any further than this bedroom, but if you were to go further down to like the other room or my, well, that's where my dad sleeps and what have you, you do kind of have to turn to one side and shuffle down. <laughs> what? Okay, yeah. I, d- I didn't know that. And do you, and do you have like pots of like you know saucepans full of like piss that you've got to sort of step around as well <laughs> again i don't know what but what's behind that door at the end of the hallway so who know who knows what horrors lie behind there <laughs> I, why wouldn't you get rid of them those mattresses or or not and not store them store them in the hallway There's, there really is kind of like nowhere else to really put them to be honest it's like the garbage that's where do you put them yeah well that um, 
there's you could say that a lot of lot of things here. We've got a it's what it's an extension on the like little pantry that used to be the pump for the pool that we've got here. That's uh, that is from you know floor to ceiling filled with garbage, rotting garbage. So like we need to get this stuff skipped. He's does we just doesn't get organised here, um, and I'll be damned if I'm gonna you know organise it and pay for it myself. Um, so yeah. <laughs> But you could you could put them into the I mean just throw them into the pool. Just throw them into the pool and set them on fire. You've got yourself a ten million view video there. Oh, I suppose so. But somehow yeah. I think that uh, you know I think he would regard that's taking that too far. That would be inappropriate. That is utterly fascinating that you think that's where the line is. <laughs> where I live, um, I live in an apartment building where you know people come and go and um i guess there are some i don't know i mean i guess there are some students who are sort of well enough well off enough not to want to keep their mattresses after they leave so they just leave them by the dumpster and i don't know why they think that's okay because the garbage men don't take it so there's always like one or two mattresses that are actually like in really good nick uh, just sort of lent by the dumpster and just over the course of a few weeks before someone finally, you know, I guess the landlord finally thinks, I better get rid of this. You just sort of watch it go from like, you know, a a pretty good second-hand mattress to just, you know, a mattress that is just covered in moss. Yeah. What a waste. Oh, I don't know. I have, well, there, must be, yeah. there must be some organisation that can take your mattress away for you and give it to some mattressless well, person. Uh, that is a very good point. Uh, we had a uh, a replacement dishwasher delivered here recently because the one crapped out. So my dad decided what. What? Would Surely you wouldn't use a dishwasher. Yes, we use. I imagine you're just eating off the countertops. <laughs> I mean, sometimes we. Or out, <laughs> just out of the foil bags that I imagine is basically every meal. Oh, it's not far off. A lot of crisps. A lot of crisps. Um, yeah. But um, we. Uh, rather than you know uh, solicit the council to take this stuff away, my dad just said, decided, well, I'll just put it out front, leave it for the gypsies, they'll take it away. And sure enough, within a day, it was gone. But now it's it occurred to me, why, why could leave why it for it? the gypsies? Do you have yeah. gypsies near you? Apparently so, because it was gone, you know, by the morning. Um, now, do you mean gypsies, or are you being racist? This is um, this is the term that my dad used. Um, I I have no idea who took this. Um, it's like, I didn't bring this up to him, but it, we, we had new neighbours move in recently, and the old ones had only lived there a couple of years, and they left, they moved all of it, you know, seemingly out of the blue, and it's like, they didn't even say goodbye, it's like, well, I'm not surprised when you kind of do shit like that, because they, as far as they're concerned, they live next to a bloody hillbilly, you know, <laughs> you keep doing shit like this but what? back, to, <laughs> yeah, back okay. to my point maybe we stick the mattresses out there you know maybe someone else will you know put that in the back of their their truck or whatever and just fuck off with it i mean i honestly if i had several mattresses i'd be tempted to put them outside of my window and jump on them <laughs> i mean yeah they're, they're they're free they're you know that's uh, yeah that's enough that's, that's more than enough that's yes. safe yeah one's a double uh, as well so if i kind of miss i've, I've, got, I've got a lot of you know it's a good kind of uh, target to hit. So it's, I, I wouldn't have any problem missing that, I don't think. I have, wouldn't have any problem hitting it, sorry. I have a hard time missing it, fucking hell. I mean, with, with three, would you really need three? Or would you just, you know, make it, you know, spread them out? I mean, one would be enough, wouldn't it? 
I suppose so, but I think, you know, there'd be a lot more kind of more fun kind of trampoline like recoil if I piled them up. I imagine if you've got these mattresses, you've probably got a load of cardboard boxes. What you could do is you could make like a bed of cardboard boxes to put under the mattresses and then that's like a crumple zone. Like, you know, the mattress will will sort of get you, but then the the sort of cardboard boxes will collapse underward under. Well, we don't have the cardboard boxes, but we do have the air hockey table uh, we had like decades ago. In yeah. that, uh, that I remember room. the air hockey table, and that's um, that'll be wet, rotten, sodden wood. So I think you know that would that would that's act, safe. That would act as the, the crumple zone you're talking about if we put that underneath. Yeah, easily. There's got to be you know there'll be tons of stuff like that that we can probably. Well, don't you have a car there. there, or did you get rid of that? Oh, that was finally taken care of, yeah. Um, the owner um, had contacted another friend of his in the country. He's like, ah, do you want to sell it for me? And it's, to which they agreed. It's like, well, good. I'm glad that's gone because God knows. Why did, my, dad, my dad just uh, said, it, you know, great. Let's, I'll take all of your stuff in, including the car. I don't drive. Never have. Never will. I'll have a car. Thanks. Now, why do you have a car, Dad? Jesus, there has to be a limit. <laughs> Just, just outside, yeah. Well, I was going to say, you know, that the the roofs of cars, they're quite soft, aren't they? <laughs> oh no, we can't tr- trash uh, trash that. His, his mate came back at some point. It, it, I, I noticed uh, this was like maybe six months ago. It vanished for a day, and then it mysteriously turned up again. With um, I know I had a look at uh, in the uh, on the front seat with a new MOT certificate on it. So he clearly wants to keep this thing in working order and like roadworthy. He's just waiting until it's vintage. Yeah, I have no idea. It's a lot of... Yeah, it seems to raise more questions than it ever, ever answers. Well, fair enough. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, mattresses. Ah, oh, what fun. Yeah, if it went for the fact that we have a, a staircase that kind of um, snakes around itself, if it was, you know, straight one way, I'd be riding those mattresses up and down the stairs. That would be all I've done. All I would have done, sorry, throughout quarantine. Well, you know, as well, I remember um, you telling me about uh, you don't have um, heating anymore in your house. Uh, So you would take to stapling duvets over the uh, windows. Uh, One thing I've done in in the past when I've been cold but had a spare mattress is I've used that mattress as a blanket, like sort of sleep under between mattresses. Oh, wow. How does that work out? I can't imagine that would be too much fun. They're warm. Oh, really? Yeah. I suppose so. With that weight, keeps you locked in. I imagine I, I, there's no way I could sleep through that. Not with I know, my I mean, night terrors. Do you sleep in your dressing gown when you're cold? Uh, maybe uh, sometimes, I suppose. Sometimes, you... I suppose. <laughs> well, you know, when it was really, really, really bad here, uh, when they're when, absolutely... when you have to put your shoes on to go to bed. Well, it wasn't that far off. I used to wear like several layers. You know, go to bed in jeans and an outdoor coat. <laughs> yeah. Underneath like two or three duvets, yeah. Oh, and still, it would be freezing my fucking tits off. Oh, I don't miss those days. <laughs> never thought to use a mattress, though. Hopefully I'll never be in a position where I'll have to test that out. But you never know. I'll keep it in the bank. I appreciate it, the uh, the advice there. It's not that bad. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, they're a bit heavy, but you'd be all right. I suppose I live worse. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe if you've got, you know, some sort of errant 
microphone stands or something, you could make yourself a kind of roll cage and, you know, ha have the mattress just on top of you. Make more of a tent out of your mattresses. Right, okay. Mattresses, is that right, or is it matrices? It's, uh, um, mat mattresses? Mattresses. Well, if you do, I have plenty of replacement mattresses. I've got you sorted. I can hook you right up in a second. Are there any errant stains on them? Probably. <laughs> yeah, I imagine, yeah. One of them, I think, was uh, a, b a bed that made its way uh, to us after my great-aunt died. Ooh, maybe five or six years ago, something like that. And I'm pretty sure she had that for, like, 30 years. So I dread to think what's, you know, that's... That's riddled with, you know, decay. <laughs> yeah. I remember, uh, you know, um, in a place I rented once, flipping the mattress and there was this enormous blood stain. And um, <laughs> it was sort of about, you know, breast level. So, it, I don't know, it couldn't, it couldn't have been, you know, menstruation. It, I don't whatever. Unless someone was just sat there. Yeah. I, I remember reading something on the London Underground where they, they tested all the... Um, or they didn't test all of them, but they tested like a random sample of the the uh, seats there, okay. uh, and they they found um, like uh, sort of like um, just like bits of I don't know what it would be bacteria or something or or some sort of something some you know some sort something that you can only get from uh, a decomposed body. So oh, this really? had been, yeah. This this particular seat had like at one point been in contact with a decomposed body, and Jesus you know, fucking Christ, definitely a lot of shit and piss. Oh, that goes without saying. Uh, probably a bit of cum. <laughs> you would imagine. <laughs> Did you would tell me hope that so. you, you were on a uh, subway once where, like, uh, there were two people and one was beating someone off, like behind a like open newspaper or something? Was that you? That you wasn't me, that but story. I did see. I did when I went to New York. I did see a homeless person just uh, beating himself off, you know, without a care in the world in the park. Just sat on a bench, no attempt to hide what he was doing. He doesn't give a shit. I mean, um, was it in his pants or was it out? No, it was out. He was just there, and he was happily just working his magic. Um, I was there. It was a school trip, essentially. So we were there. I was there with a, you know. A group <laughs> this was of, before the flood of rats. Roughly the same kind of time, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, Wasn't that in Battery Park? Did you say? I I don't know the name of the park, um, but it was the the park that's just outside the um, Staten Island Ferry. There was a green oh, right. there. Uh, oh, then okay. I've never. Yeah, it was just this undulating like, well, sheet uh, of rats that made its way towards us, then careened around us at the last minute. It was quite something to behold. Yeah, like a flock. Sort of, I, you know. I don't know. I don't know what you would call, you know, the collective um, pronoun for rats on mass like that. A parliament so, of rats. A congress of rats. That's a bit more than that. We're talking fucking hundreds of the bastards, you know. Um, maybe a senate of rats. <laughs> An executive branch of rats. <laughs> a supervisory board of rats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, fair enough. So, what, the homeless guy. I mean, was he, was he, was he lucid? Was he making eye contact with people? Um, he was making eye contact with someone. I'm sure he wasn't looking at us per se. But I, it's not like we were out of his periphery. He knew we were there. Um, 
whatever he was focused on. I didn't, I couldn't, we didn't really look too too closely, to be perfectly honest. We all were there. We all no. fucking knew. We were all talking amongst each other, but uh, we didn't really kind of, you know, really flesh out the situation there. There's whatever he was looking at, whatever he was using uh, to stimulate himself, there would have been no gratifying answers. It was just fucking revolting. So let's move on, shall we? Can we move a bit, f- uh, a bit faster than this, uh, this current walking pace? It's a bit uncomfortable around here. The novelty is already worn off when no one's laughing anymore. Yes, I've never seen that. Um, I mean, I've seen, you know, other stuff. Uh, I remember, I think the only time I've ever seen this was... It was walking, I think, down Riviera, that's how you pronounce it, in Mexico City, and there was a man who looked up and made eye contact with me and looked sad as he defecated on the pavement. (laughs) Um, Of course he was sad. He didn't have a turlet. Yeah, he didn't have a turlet. (laughs) Maybe he did. Maybe it was some sort of statement. Maybe it was Banksy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That turd's worth a million now. You know, I mean, I've definitely seen a lot of people taking uh, a piss wherever they want, but, uh, yeah, defecating is slightly different. I mean, you've got to be really desperate to just shit on the sidewalk. Yeah, or angry, I would say, you know. An angry Um, shit. Yeah, maybe it's just my walk of life, but I've never had uh, such an intense urge to shit where I can't hold it back anymore i can always restrain myself pissing is a bit of a different uh matter sometimes it, it's absolute fucking agony just but well what? yes that well you mean holding it holding it yeah oh yeah, yeah right yeah. okay i thought you meant like actually pissing oh no 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 yeah um that's 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 fine that's fine yeah um, right good um oh i've pissed on everything all over london yeah don't fucking touch anything jesus no uh, <laughs> no, I mean, not just London either. I yeah. Mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we said that we didn't really fuck around in school, but off the, uh, off the clock, <laughs> we used to go back well, at night and just, I used to piss on all the door handles, on all exterior doors. Are you sure Bravo, you're all there in the podcast? Well, it's, <laughs> it's there now. Yes, I, I have a video somewhere of you running, running across the parking lot. <laughs> to, to get to the door handle to piss on it. Oh, oh dear. That's, well, not, that's not nice. No, but I, what, I was 13, 14. I don't care. I thought I was hilarious. I still kind of think it's funny. Fuck you, school. <laughs> so. Have some piss. Well, I mean, you know, that's nothing compared to uh, them taking a shit in the elevator at school, the disabled <laughs> elevator. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> that Which, was a yeah. scandal and a half. Jesus. Uh, was it, though? Because I, I thought it was one of those scandals that was never made public. They never addressed it. It was just... Oh, that was a cover-up, was it? Well, they ne- they never came out and said, like, who the fuck has done this? But I think it was well known to everyone what had happened. Yeah. And, Didn't someone I mean, shit in the urinals as well? I don't know about that. I mean, that you know, how do you do that? How do you <laughs> shit in a urinal? Um, yeah, I mean, like, like I said, I do remember walking in one day at about nine o'clock in the morning... Uh, and going to the the downstairs bathroom and like on the uh, rail sort of above the urinals, uh, there was this like huge gloop of cum. Oh, God. I mean, and there are bathroom stalls there. So, you know, someone's obviously done that on purpose. And yeah, you just just wonder like, yeah, I, as we've discussed before, the, the, there is there is a weird connection between 
sort of bathroom antics and anger. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, yeah, you, don't, feel... you don't spread shit on a wall unless you're angry, I think. Oh, yeah, you're, you're sending a message. Yeah, because the, the, the elevator in our school went up one story. It was, it was really for wheelchair access. Uh, so whoever did the shit there must have done it extremely quickly. Yeah, I think or so. Or they brought, brought it in in a sandwich bag. <laughs> I like the idea of it being premeditated that way, yeah, and it was transported safely. Several sandwich bags. You don't want to let on with the smell. This is, you know, this guy's going incognito. All right. <laughs> I remember the, uh, he sat on the bus with it. He's got it on his lap. He's looking really proud. The, the kid I mentioned. It was a powerful, powerful movement. You know, he's, uh, he made sure to keep up with his fiber. You know, for the last couple of days. So you know, it was, it was yeah, like I say, it was a real statement piece. You can't look. At, you can't look at anything else. It is a proud yeah. turd. It is a yeah. Um, the the kid I've mentioned before, whose mum died in uh, year six when he was like ten. Uh, obviously, you know, it broke him, uh, understandably, and um, he uh, he was sort of, I guess, I guess he was, you know, very disruptive, I guess, in the classes. He would, you know, shout stuff and hmm. scream and, and cry and things, and the teachers had no idea what to do with him. And, you know, there, there was a, obviously a certain degree of, uh, of sympathy where they wouldn't necessarily, like, you know, tell him off, but... They had to stop him, but he would, you know, he he didn't want to be at school. Who can blame him? And he would, you know, constantly sort of tell them that, you know, I feel sick, I'm going to be sick, I want to go home. And sometimes they would let him and sometimes they wouldn't. And I remember in geography once, uh, he was going on about, uh, I'm going to be sick, I'm going to be sick. Like, no, you're not. You're going to be fine. And he, he made himself be sick. You know, it's sick where you're not really, it's not really chunder. It's just like, it's just, you know, it's just stomach acid. But he was sick in the middle of his geography book. And then he just looked at it and like looked, looked at his friends like for what to do. And they were like, I don't know what to do, Richard. So he just like slammed his geography book shut and handed it in. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> <A good> legend. <laughs> yeah. That was the same kid who would eat chewing gum. Uh, oh, for, and sniff Tipex as well. Okay. Yeah. I think he's a special advisor for Boris Johnson now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you beat me to it. <laughs> I hope he's all right. Well, yeah. Poor kid. So, absolutely. I mean, I've, I, don't, I just didn't know the kid, but that's uh, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Hope, uh, yeah. He got cut some slack along the way. I, I remember in uh, in year six as well. Uh, primary school, um, we had uh, we had a teacher who, uh, I think I've mentioned it before, Mrs. Sprayer, her name was. Uh, she was the teacher who, um, uh, I, when I was uh, younger, in like in year three or something, uh, she was the, she was the teacher who just did year six. So we all knew who she was, but no one had ever had her. And she walked across the playground to the head teacher who was teaching us handwriting, and. In front of the the entire year three or year four, whatever it was, uh, class, uh, she was talking to the teacher and she said, you know what, Mr. Anderson, I've had enough of year six. And she threw her books on the floor in front of everyone. She, she was she was pretty mad. And um, I remember he was in my primary school before we went to secondary school where he would, like, you know, vomit everywhere. 
And um, uh, he started to get upset about something, and she said to him, "Don't put on, don't. I'm I'm not having the waterworks, Richard. I'm not do, I'm not doing that." She wasn't having it. And one of the other kids said, "His mum just fucking died." Oh God! <laughs> and how did she respond? Get out! Get was... out! You know all that. Really? Yeah. Uh, she'd be fucking really? banged to right, surely. Why is this sheep? She had any fucking compassion. I, I mean, you know, what we obviously didn't realise at the time, but it's all becoming clear now, is these public servants are ill-equipped. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think we've discussed that at length in many different ways. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, there you go. I love that we've gone from zombies back to poo. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, schoolyard antics yet again. Yeah. There well, where else was it going to go? Yeah. I, I like to think that we as school children could have dealt with zombies. <laughs> well, I, I suppose we were equipping ourselves with, fl- you know, makeshift flashbangs. We did have <laughs> access to a lot of fire. I'm pretty sure, you know, it was a, it's commonplace to see someone fucking around with a lighter and a can of hairspray. So it's not oh, like... Yes, a, that, was a, that was a big thing, wasn't it? When someone discovered that. Yeah, that was... Great fun. Didn't your dad <laughs> teach you how to make a flamethrower with uh, a Lynx can or axe in America? Ooh. Other brands of horrible deodorant are available. Uh, with a can of deodorant and a, um, a metal coat hanger and a lighter at the end, taped onto it. No, that wasn't that? my dad. No. That wasn't your dad? No? No. But I, I mean, I've heard, heard that, but I'm not sure who that is, though. Uh, okay. Another thing you would do if you were really tough is you'd spray the back of your hand with deodorant and then light it on fire. And then and be like, surprised. oh, fuck. Yeah, I'm surprised more of, more of our lot didn't end up in the hospital, really. They did try, the, school, the schools did try to like, paint these horror stories of these kids that would do it and it would, they, you know, it would ab- completely explode. And, uh, oh, there know, was that just... kid who went under the bus with his moped and died. Remember yes. that? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> I can't remember who that, that was. Yeah, and then uh, it was a very uh, somber occasion. But I think to remember when the, they dedicated a uh, they dedicated a bench in the old building to the uh, two victims, and it's like ah, uh, two victims. Like, what, yeah, him in the, the moped. No, no, that no. It was a lovely to- moped. No, she, uh, he had, I think he was his girlfriend or something on the back. and she Oh, was, really? She was toast as well. Yeah, because I seem to remember she was the sister of one of the kids in our class. And he was mad. You know, yeah, he was yeah. absolutely totaled by that. I, I don't remember that at all. And I, I remember Matt. And he was, um, he was one of the bad kids. Uh, and he was always really nice to me. Um and I remember this protracted, protracted, I don't know if that's the right word, this very long discussion I had with him where he, in PSE, which is citizenship, I guess, <laughs> where he explained to me the ins and outs of making a clagnut. <laughs> <laughs> which, which is apparently when you ship, shit in a milk bottle and throw it at someone or, or something. Yeah, I, I, the, the, the logistics And I never here. understood it because to me, uh, milk bottles were plastic. So I was like, okay, so you shit in a plastic bottle and throw it and like the shit comes out as you throw it at them. Obviously, he meant a glass one, but that never clicked. 
Yeah, I mean, you were just, you were just saying it like oh, it'd be really difficult to shit in a urinal, and it's I think it's even mind-bogglingly fucking difficult to shit in a glass bottle. Uh, you got to use a funnel. Well, even so, I mean, like, what kind and of poke it down? You got to poke it down. Oh, I'm going to say there has to be a certain you know viscosity or firmness to the movement for it to, for that to be possible. I'm not prepared to start plunging it really. Like that's the day you produce your mammoth sturgy turd. <laughs> it just will not go. It's just hanging over the lip of the of the funnel. <laughs> for the last do. month, all I've been eating is Weetabix and meatloaf. <laughs> it's like an enormous fuse to a Molotov cocktail. Oh, yeah, Jesus I also remember Christ. another thing with him, which I, I, I mean, he, I guess he tried to fuck me, but it was a very, uh, I, I thought it was very funny. Uh, in again in citizenship, citizenship, uh, we had someone from a bank, like um, HSBC or someone, someone come in and tell us all about. Uh, she worked for the bank, but it was all about when I was eighteen. I took out um, several credit cards and I bought myself a, a Range Rover. And then I had to pay them all back. And I'm going to teach you not to do that. This is called a budget. Like that sort of condescending shit. Right. Uh, but obviously at the beginning, uh, she got there and introduced herself as, you know, Sally Armstead or some shit. And uh, I, I got there late and I missed it. And uh, when I sat down, I sat next to him and he, he was saying to me, like, George, I'll give you... I'll give you £10 if you shout, Slutty Sally. I'll give you £10 right now if you sh- shout it. Slutty Sally, Slutty Sally. I didn't, didn't realise until the end of the episode, uh, end of the episode, end of the uh, lesson, lesson, that she was called Sally. <laughs> <laughs> so did you get your 10 quid? I didn't shout it. Ah, oh, pussy. That's why I'm, I'm sure he told you that, right? Ad, ad nauseum. I mean, that's what I would I, do. I knew something <laughs> was up because there was an offer of money. <laughs> It wouldn't have been ten pounds. It'd have been like fifty p. Yeah, of course not. No one, you know, um, no one whatsoever carried cash like that in a, in, a, in a, any of our sphere of influence. Jesus, that was also the uh, the same uh, set of lessons where we discovered that uh, Barry Holford had uh, had come out in front of everyone uh, saying that he believed that cum is blue. <laughs> Somehow Looks like you're going to need an exam My good charm Speak yeah. to the doctor Relatively soon Yeah I mean we were about 14 or 15 So that's, that's another failure of the system Absolutely Oh dear Your cum is not blue sir Presumably you have Come to this point uh, At this stage in your life You must have done surely and then add a good look at it. Take it, take it over as it webs your fingers to the light. Well, maybe church, he just... The, you know, for the, uh, the light coming through the stained glass of the church where you've had your wank. Well, maybe he just just in his underwear and he looked at it after, you know, it dried or something. It's like, well, I don't, it, it's kind of it shiny, but it's blue underwear, so it must be blue. Blends right in. Can't see it. <laughs> must be the same colour. A triumph of deductive reasoning that right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so so yeah, so there were there were two kids who died under that bus. I did not know that. I I, I didn't know it was Matt's sister who died until much, much later. Um I seem to remember or I, I seem to think that um nothing was said. Or was it? And I wasn't there. 
No, I mean it was. I thought it was pretty hush hush. It's not like um, one of our uh, English teachers had passed away, and they, you know, they brought everyone Mrs. Butterfingers. Mrs. Butterfingers, and they made that a really solemn thing. But when that happened, you know, they obviously gave uh, um, her brother a lot of time off, but which no one mentioned anything. If I think everyone. We didn't, you know, when uh, Mrs. Uh, when Butterfingers had uh, passed away, we were already, we were already kind of chuckling to ourselves and saying horrendous shit, you know. Even what? in the assembly, I don't remember that. <laughs> what did we say? <laughs> I seem to remember you. You was it like we stitch- worked out you can't libel the dead? So one of us was going around going, she honestly, she was a great teacher, but I, she touched my front bottom. No, no, no! You stitched me up in the assembly when they um, uh, when they were talking about it, and you just kind of like turned to me and just not really a whisper, but loud enough, just like, ah, "Damien, how can you be laughing at a time like this? A man has died!" And at that point, I'm just completely stitched up, and I can't stop. <laughs> and if anyone got a good look at me trying to stifle so much la- laughter, it's like, "Oh man, I look like such a such a wanker," but oh. I couldn't help myself. I don't know. I guess you're not meant to make jokes about people who've recently died, are you? Um, I no, not at all. No. I mean, I've I wonder if I any of Prince Philip's or... many mistresses will be going to his funeral, <laughs> or any of his bastards. No, not at all. I, mean, I that man was perfectly chaste. What are you talking about? There's no nothing untoward going on there. He was an he was an example to us all. Was Prince Philip? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, compared to his son. Yes, I suppose so. And definitely, <laughs> I suppose that they get. There must be quite a lot of those uh, the royals that can feel like they must be able to get away with murder now that uh, Prince Andrew has taken all the fucking heat, any possible fucking uh, wrongdoing there. <laughs> you can make oh, that into. You can make that into a zombie movie where it's just. You and Prince Andrew trapped in a room against the zombies, and it's sort of like, well, what am I going to do? Am I going to, am I going to stay with this guy? I'm going to unlock the door, I think, <laughs> and hopefully he'll buy me a couple of minutes while I leg it. <laughs> I suppose it's a good opportunity to uh, kill him. Mm. Yeah, what am I thinking? No, I, I'll have the satisfaction. Yeah, the world is already in absolute fucking ruin. The, there, there will be no punitive measures. I, yeah, I will indulge myself in primal rage, and tear his fucking skin off. I think it'd be better if you got him to turn uh, to a zombie and then just kept him around. What would the benefits be of that? Um, something to aim at when you're playing golf. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not partial to playing golf, but I will definitely, you know. Neither am I. Just drive around That's with the fun it. part. Yeah, driving. I mean, I'll, I'll yeah. indulge in Occasionally, a club. I might let go of the whole golf club, you know, to clatter into his head. Yes, indeed. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess going back to zombies, that's a whole other problem, isn't it? You know, the whole idea of, I suppose, entropy. Like, where are these zombies getting their energy from? Like, are they decaying? Do they die of hunger? I know in, like, 28 days later, they die of hunger, but... I don't know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, um, that's, yeah, to kind of answer your question way back, way back now, one of the things that I don't, I think that stops these things from holding up is as they progress, at least in terms of story, they start over explaining everything. And when it's kind of kept 
a bit more when it's a bit more of a mystery and it's a bit more enigmatic, it's, it, it definitely serves in its favour. But when they're trying to over-explain how and why zombies can work at different stages of decay, it's like, oh, for fuck's sakes, man. It, it's, it's great that, it, uh, that, that, you know... Well, Walking it's just Dead fantasy, great. isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I, I was really intrigued when uh, Walking Dead came about because it's like, oh, someone is really putting some money into it and taking it quite seriously. And it's going to be, like, on TV. That's kind of bizarre. It is That's new and interesting. But then after a while, it's just like, well, you have to remember it is... In the, the premise itself, the, the notion of the monster is just... It's, in, it's total cheese, you know? It has to be just... Yeah, it's a supernatural. It's yeah, it's, it's it's like explaining, you know, like if Lord of the Rings had tried to explain magic, or if, you know, Star Wars had, you know, done a completely unnecessary, idiotic route of, you know, the forces, midi chlorians. Mm. You don't, Guessing you know, it's, how well it's, it's, it's magic. Was. It's okay. It's you know, it's fantasy. Uh, you got to go one way or the other, I suppose. You've got to say like, oh, it's not zombies. It's you know, the rage virus. It's rabies, but for people or. You know, it's zombies. Don't worry about it. I guess. Yeah, um, but which? Yeah, yeah. My personal taste, it kind of wed pr- um, pretty thin, pretty quickly, because once you know, I think Twenty Eight Days was the first one that uh, that I saw do that, and then there was just a glut of zombie movies doing that stuff. It's like, oh, get it, virus, rage virus. Okay, cool. It's nothing new. The same kind of. Yeah, exactly the same. And one of the things that I don't like about you know those kind of movies is that um, the the rage zombie acting is always so naff. When you have these people like twitching, it's like oh, I can just see these people, you know, um, they're just kind of like failed dancers and stuff like that because it's all it's way too theatrical. It's just it's 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 just naff. I never buy it. Mhm, mhm. Um, in Twenty Eight Days Later, they don't call them zombies, do they? No, few. No. Um, but that's sort of all right because they're not really zombies. I mean, they are, but at least it sort of tries to explain that they're not. Mm. Whereas, you know, in Walking Dead, you know, obviously they don't call them zombies. And why you would call them walkers? Like you're you're a walker. Yeah, it's not really. I mean, biters is better. It makes more sense. They bite. That's the problem. Uh, they also grab as well. So grabbers, grabbers is good. Harvey Weinsteiners. <laughs> Weinsteiners, lungers, wieners for short, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Epsteiners. Well, they're rotting, why don't you call them uh, rotters, you know? Rotters. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking rotter. Zombos, they should have called them. Just come out with it and call them zombos. Yeah, yeah, because obviously, you know, 20 um The Walking Dead is is set in a parallel universe where zombies Oh, zombie literature, zombie fiction does not exist. Yeah, that's kind of the hardest uh, pill to swallow with a lot of things like that. Because this, everything else seems to be exactly the same. You know, the things that they seem to lament in the past society, all the same in terms of like culture and technology, all this kind of stuff. They just, huge swathes of, uh, uh, of well, literature, I suppose, uh, for lack of a better term, just didn't exist. And it's like, oh, there's no fucking way that uh, anyone existing in that environment wouldn't immediately, you know, identify that as fucking out a zombie. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I mean, you know, it, it's it's a hard sort of uh, balance, isn't it, of you know, having your main character discover you know what's happened, you know, and you know, I don't know, I feel like if I saw a zombie 
it'd take me about 10 seconds before I was like, oh, I'm going to kick its head in. Uh, and then, then I'm arrested because I've killed a cosplayer. Um, <laughs> Talk about yeah. that's, that's public service. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And also another thing that they that a lot of things do, not not everything by any means, but a lot of things do is having, you know, the situation of the protagonist um, missing the actual outbreak and collapse and waking up. And I don't know if that's a budget thing or anything. It's sort of like, it's not just zombie things, right? It's it's the same with uh, nuclear war or any sort of catastrophe film or, or book where, you know, oh, you know, I've, I went to bed and I slept too long and <laughs> I've woke, woken up and everything's fucked, what's going on? I sort of think like the most interesting part of all of it would be, you know, people running around like headless chickens and all of that. No, but maybe maybe that's harder to do in terms of budget and things. I'm not sure. Well, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Um, I would say that the onset of these kind of crises would be infinitely, not, not infinitely more interesting, but there's a, it will have its own legs. But yeah, I think it's just it's a question of not necessarily budget, uh, budgetary, but just, I think, uncreative writing. You know, it's just, it's sloppy and they just don't know what to do. So we'll just start in the middle of it. That's the best way to do it. Because as well, like, I'm thinking of um, um, World War Z. World War Z, actually. That's how it's pronounced. World War Z. World War Z. We're British, don't you know? Yeah. I, God, I remember reading something where someone was going on about, we should eliminate the letter Z. Salayetta. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, who was this nutbag? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um, you know, in World War Z, they have, uh, you know, an aircraft carrier, don't they? That's obviously, you know, not being touched by this outbreak. I mean, why wouldn't there be, you know, thousands and thousands of aircraft carriers and battleships and even just, you know, fishing vessels and cargo ships and things where they're not touched? Um, I mean, like, everyone's so stupid in these things where it's, well, oh... You've been bitten. Well, does that mean you're going to be a zombie? I don't know. Just hang around for a bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and, we, and we'll have a really loud well. conversation and then a zombie will spawn right behind us. The nitty gritty here is that, you know, if these people did make sensible decisions, then, you know, there, a, mo a movie wouldn't happen, <laughs> basically. That's very true. I think we, we talked uh, a long time ago about um, a zombie movie where, wasn't it where we end up in the, the tower at Westminster just shooting zombies from it or something <laughs> and i think we came to the conclusion like if you were if it was realistic really the zombie film would just be about the army systematically destroying zombies yes yeah, yeah. well like, i think when we were talking about this um like listen said, all, all you do more of a yeah go on go for it go no, no go for it no all, all you do there's a supermarket there and our group uh need the food in it uh should we go in and and you know go go along the uh, the the aisles, you know, looking around for zombies. Oh no, there's a zombie around the corner. I wasn't expecting it. Oh god, it's bitten me. No, let's just stand outside. Let's stand on our trucks. Let's bang a couple of mess tins, and then let's just whack them in the head. You know, it doesn't matter if there's a hundred of them. It doesn't matter if there's a thousand of them. We'll just do this for an hour or two, and then they're all dead. I mean, there's a finite number of them, right? I suppose so. Yes, particularly if you're using melee weapons as well. So ammunition, you know, munitions will not be an issue. Yeah, like, I, don't, I never understand. How's the army lost control? 
How did that guy in that APC that Rick ends up in, Viggo Mortenstein, how did he yes. end up? How did he end up? Uh, you know, how did how did you end? How do you end up being in an armored personnel carrier or a tank or something? How do you end up being infected? Just don't open the fucking hatch. Yeah. Yeah. Again, otherwise, you know, there would there, there would be no TV show. So it has. You know, well, yes, has to accommodate it's... stupidity. The the only way to win is not to play. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think we were talking about you know the uh, the hypothetical zombie movie way back, and uh, I think we just decided the best route for something like that to go would be like almost a documentary. Yes. Um, and we talked about this one shot where you know you yes. got uh, troops kind of you know just kind of a routine uh, mission, just uh, 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 operation, just kind of rooting them out, what have you. And then we just have you see this soldier walking out of the darkness with like a couple of flares, almost like he's taxiing you know, a plane down a runway or something yes. like that. And then just casually, there's no stress. And then you know, slowly emerging from the darkness, you see like a horde, you know, of dozens of zombies and what have you. And then as soon as he kind of clears the, uh, you know, the line, he's back with his mates, and they just bang, 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 bang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just drop them. And it's just all very methodical. It's very, it's all, it's all fly on the wall. And it's like, yeah, that's. that's there's nothing to it, really. Yeah, and, th- and then Days I remember right. that. And then we have the bit with, like, the captain, uh, the talking head who's saying, you know, it's, it's pretty easy. I've not had any injuries in the two years we've been doing this. But uh, one of the worst things about this, not a lot of people know, but uh, zombies scream. Yes. Yeah, I was just going to bring that up. I remember when you, 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 you like pitched that, and I thought, that's, a, that's fucking dynamite. Like, there's still people. Yes, yeah, yeah, they're just absolutely mindless, but they are still in perpetual agony. Yeah, they're still yeah. they're being murdered. You know, it's this isn't. This is a... Yeah, they're they're being murdered. They yeah, all of that. Um, I guess looking back as well, like if you look at like George Romero's stuff, you know, there was so much more value in that because it was like a comment on stuff. Mm. I mean, obviously, you know, you think of them in the shopping mall, and all of that, but not just that. There was, you know, the the very first one he did the. Was it the Night of the Dead? Uh, Night oh. of the Living Dead, yeah. Night of the Living Dead. You know, that was a that was a, a comment on um, sort of race and isolation and things. And I just feel like a lot of zombie stuff now um, sort of misses that completely. And like, that's ah, just zombies. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like I said, you know, it's a, it's it's a good platform for. I mean, it's a bit of a grandiose term, but like a thought experiment, really. And just uh, I think why Romero stuff is kind of. Uh, considered like the, well, the, the gold standard, as it were, really, because it's not like the, the zombies themselves. You know, the makeup and all that stuff is. I mean, I, I it's 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 dated, of course. You know, they've definitely mm-hmm. progressed since then. But um, in terms of commentary, that's I think why it's still kind of valuable, really. And you know, subsequent iterations of the uh, zombie lore just have have lost that really and just turned it into a, just a hokey monster, really. Yeah, yeah, a hokey monster, you know, where I suppose its value is, is that, you know, or its terror value is that it's everywhere and, you know, completely unreasonable, unstoppable, and um, there's no escape, it's hopeless. You know, that was the, that was always the real terror in, you know, Romero's stuff, was there's nowhere to go. Mm. There, There is um, a TV show on Netflix called... Z Nation or Z Nation, 
Right. Um, that's a. You ever like heard a, of that? I haven't watched it. Is that the one that's a like a sci-fi thing? It's a total fucking joke, right? Yeah, sort of. Yeah, it's it's definitely uh, a lot less serious. Tongue in, in cheek, I how... mean, when I say joke, I mean. Well, uh, I mean, I've watched quite a lot of it, and uh, it's definitely, uh, it definitely starts out sort of as an antidote to The Walking Dead in that things actually happen. <laughs> and there, there are ep- episodes where things happen where it would have taken a series of The Walking Dead for them to happen, but it very quickly loses its way and uh, becomes, to me, just as tedious. Okay, how so? Um, well, like like a lot of TV, it, it just sort of starts to veer off, and um, I think it had, I think it sort of had an idea of where it was going, and then it completely forgot about that. Um, and what what it's about, really, is it's a zombie apocalypse, and, you know, it's much more, it's trying to be much more fun than The Walking Dead, but... The idea that's actually sort of interesting is it follows this dude called Murphy who is uh, essentially impervious to zombies. Okay. He he um you know he can be bitten by them and he doesn't turn into a zombie. And as it sort of progresses, uh, he starts to realize that he can sort of influence zombies and get them to do what he wants. And I thought it being called Z Nation, it would be about him building up a nation of zombies for his own ends. Okay. But it, but like I say, it loses its way and. I mean, I haven't watched all of it. Maybe that does happen, but it, it quickly gets bogged down in the usual sort of TV Netflix bullshit. Um, but I like that idea, and I, you know, I would like I, I like the idea of you know someone who is sort of unaffected who can just walk around and you know isn't that bothered. I mean, you know, it's coming to me that that should be George Carlin. <laughs> Sort of walking around things like tutting, at, at you know going around a mall and tutting and thinking, God, what a waste of fucking time all this is. Um, yeah, I just thought that was a, a sort of novel idea. Well, yeah, I think that uh, George Carlin is probably more suited for the zombie role, uh, his current state of decay. I would say that maybe yes. sub him out for <laughs> Lee uh, Van Cleef. I was going to say Larry David actually might be a good fit for uh, something like that. It's just it, it is just come, but you know, just with a lot more dead people. Yeah, instead of him insulting people, it's him like ac- you know accidentally you know meeting a new group of survivors and then accidentally you know letting the s- loose gate. It's him accidentally leaving the gate open and getting everyone killed. Oh, I think. <gasps> oh, <gasps> I think it's dun, a new dun, camp. Dun, dun, yeah. Da, da, da. <laughs> It's him meeting a new camp every week, and all it takes is one, you know, misplaced social barb, and then the entire fabric of their, you know, their little encampment just, just deteriorates. He the ignites civil war every time. Is oh, that yeah. what you mean? Yes, yeah, yeah, by like inadvertently saying someone's got a fat ass or something, <laughs> when she clearly does, you know, but you can't say that. <laughs> yeah, it's Larry David just walking around. He doesn't kill any zombies. They basically leave him alone. You know, basically the whole story, it's sort of a combination of uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, The Walking Dead, and um, The Big Lebowski, where all he's doing is trying to find a new pair of loafers. I was going to say, the only Big Lebowski uh, influence should be that Larry David's in a dressing gown, but uh, I'll take the loafers, that's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Larry David's in a dressing gown, and occasionally John Goodman 
offers some sage advice. <laughs> but he's not just there. A stress it's just like Larry. a, it's a hallucinogen, hallucinogen, hallucination. Hallucinogen. Yeah, uh, John Goodman just appears, just just his face, like floating behind him, um, speaking to him is like the angel on his shoulder, but no one else knows he's that can knows he's there. By all accounts, it's yeah, in so, Larry David's mind. Yeah, so yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, is so is 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 John Goodman? Is he re- Is it like a, a I dream of genie sort of thing, or? I mean, is he real or is he just imagined by Larry David? I think that's what, you know, that should be left up to interpretation, really. Right. Um, right. But he doesn't have any when the, the, when He can't, sh- like, you know, he's just a floating head. He can't go and, like, pick up a Larry, uh, a Larry David spoon. He can't go and pick up a spoon for Larry David to rescue himself with or anything with his teeth. No. I mean, I like the idea of, like, oh, I, <laughs> of John Goodman having, like, a whole scimitar that he's holding in his teeth, and he's just using that to decapitate zombies. <laughs> he's just flying around. Yeah, like he's just whipping his head around and just <laughs> mashing up these zombies. I was going to say, maybe that's something that they'll over-explain when the show goes on too long and starts meandering. But no, I quite like that. that it's a, he's actually, there's a physical embodiment there. It's just a disembodied head that floats around. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, they explain it too much. Season five, when Larry David has that scare, and it all, all the first six episodes is just John Goodman with a body. And it's like, what? He didn't have a body before. Oh, wait, this is set in the past, because there aren't any zombies yet. And then we find out how he lost his body. And it's not its not satisfying because it was much more fun to think, how did he lose his body? Well, yeah, I think, you know, a potential, you know, arc of the how's show. How's he flying? Is, uh... is he on like a jet? A jet? Does he have like little jet pods or something? Well, no, if it's Does zombies. Does he have one of those hats with a propeller on it? <laughs> like one of those beanies or something like that. Yes. And it's working overtime. <laughs> yeah. It's got, a ba- it's got a nine volt battery. And it's basically Larry David is constantly looking for these loafers. There was this one shop in LA he would go to that would sell these loafers. It's been ransacked. Where the fuck are the loafers? I've already bought them. I put the deposit down. I've already bought them. I was going to pick them up. Then the apocalypse happened. Where the fuck are my loafers? But at the same time, he's always looking for 9-volt batteries to keep John Goodman's helicopter hat going. <laughs> well, that's the ticking clock, you see, because if John Goodman's head hits the floor, it's, it's game over. He's toast. He'll, he'll be really pissed off. He hates being on the floor. There are, there are whole bits where, like, <laughs> there are whole bits where Larry David, like, people are freaked out by this. They haven't seen this flying head. There are whole bits where Larry David has to put, like, John Goodman's head in a bowling bag, bowling ball bag. <laughs> you know, and John Goodman has to be quiet. But John Goodman is fucking indignant by, about this. Like, I am a person. You cannot put me in a bag. Shut up, John Goodman. <laughs> Shut up, Walter. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so what? Um, he finds he, well, he goes to this department store where he'd um, he'd put his deposit down on these loafers. He's checking all the receipts, and that is essentially. It's not a department he... store, is it? I mean, it's, it's well, whatever it like is, a, you know, an Italian shoery. Yes, well, I mean, I, I'm a not married where to Adam Sandler could play. <laughs> and then, quite shamefully, Dustin Hoffman at the end. Oh dear! <laughs> oh dear! What are you talking about? When's he been in a good film last? Like 1980? Oh, yeah, no. Any appearance by Dustin Hoffman is fucking shameful. <laughs> he's, he's basically the... Uh, uh, oh, fuck, I can't remember the guy's name. Um, he's basically the British Eric Idle. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's, if he's in a film now, it's shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, I, I'm still going to enjoy it. I, I still like Dustin Hoffman. If I watch that film, he's still going to be the best thing in it. He's still going to make me laugh, but it's going to be shit. You know, 
Yeah, I can't remember the last time I saw Eric idle in anything, but that's probably best left that way, really. Nuns on the run, Redux. <laughs> Where it's got all this like synthy eighties music. Oh dear, I I'm not sure if I want to know if that's real or not. Maybe I'll just leave that one up to my imagination. <laughs> yeah, it, from the director of Drive. <laughs> okay, yeah. So it's really dark as well. He was horribly, horribly miscast, if only for twenty <laughs> seconds. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, not as bad as Robbie Coltrane was horribly miscast as the Sister Superior. <laughs> wow, I haven't heard that name in fucking years. That's a good pull. <laughs> when you like to put on Buzzcocks one day and Phil Jupiter is no longer there and it's Phil Jupiter is no longer there and it's just Robbie Coltrane, but everyone still calls him Phil. Yes, but I'd and like he's it much funnier. Well, what I mean, if I ever see Robbie Coltrane, I want to make sure that he's reprising his dynamite line from I think was it Blackadder the Third or whatever it is when he's played was it some, Samuel Webster the dictionary guy? Sausage. Yeah, basically, every time anyone you know says anything to him, asks him any question, there's only one response, and it is you know a full bellowing sausage. Yeah, we think that John Goodman is the unhinged sort of comedic outing outlet, lunatic outlet, you know, the the, the facet of, of fun lunacy in this until we meet Robbie Coltrane and John Goodman's constantly telling him to calm down. Oh, no, I think it's a bit more intense. I think uh, he's an antagonist that's, you know, that can easily overpower, uh, overpower, overpower Larry David, so they're constantly on the run. Which you just have a point in any episode where you just hear very quietly in the distance, sausage, and they know it's time <laughs> to fucking scarper. So, so John, Good, uh, John Goodman and Larry David are constantly running from essentially Nemesis Hagrid. That's, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's like he's like twelve feet tall, and he's just like comes like barreling through doorways, like knocking them down. Oh yeah, you know, not like knocking the fucking mortar out of walls as he tries to get through doorways <laughs> and he j just will not stop he can't walk very fast but he never rests well, yeah and fortunately he has that almost Tourette's like tick as well which always gives <laughs> uh, his whereabouts so you know Larry David's always a step or two ahead so he, you know if he plays his card right, cards right he should be safe And when, when Larry David says he's a step or two ahead, John Goodman takes umbrage with that. You can't say head anymore or a head unless you're talking about an actual head. Or steps because he doesn't have feet. You know, it's a, it's, a bit of a, uh, it's a bit of a minefield, really. But that's, you know, that's Larry David's shtick, you know. Um, always kind of, you know, f uh, foot in mouth, really. Yes, and then, you know, obviously we don't want to step on any copyright toes. So I imagine that as the season progresses, Umbridge Corps, Umbridge Corporation, they, they're after John Goodman because obviously he's the anti-zombie. He's a, he's a head that, ha that you know, he, he only lives as a head. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, sorry, yeah. Um... He's a floating head and he's yeah. alive. Where, is, his, is his body a zombie? Uh, okay. 
I thought you know, part, a potential arc would be to reunite the two because he's only got so much time left as a disembodied head. He, they might have like a... he's 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 not eating. He's you know he's not drinking. Oh, he's, he's still eating. Away. It's just it's just <laughs> dropping straight out <laughs> into Larry David's gullet. <laughs> Like we we only ever see John Goodman's head from one angle, but if you were to get a lower shot, you'll just <laughs> what? see what angle is it? Well, it's like head on, you know, it's just top down. Yeah, nothing. All you ever see is his eyes and his nose. You never see his mouth. Nothing below the neck, because that's when you see like bits of the spinal cord, just an open throat, and some you know dangling sinew. Because there's nothing magical here. It was it was someone hacked his head off with a fucking machete. Yeah, there, there could be like a whole thing where they're Larry David and John Goodman are having an argument because Larry David has got in with these people, but he's like, I keep telling you, I don't want it, but they insist that I've got to put this horse bag on your on the the underside of your neck to catch all the stuff that you're eating and is dropping. Because, um, you know, that guy over there, he, he, he slipped over on one of the Twinkies you ate and dropped out of your mouth. <laughs> dropped out, not out of your mouth, out of the back of your... <laughs> your severed head. There's, there's got to be times where uh, Larry, Larry Davis got to um, ingratiate himself into like a new um, camp of people, but they're they're not comfortable with the disembodied head. They'll you know they'll be deeply suspicious of it. So he has to go undercover. And what he's got, he's uh, he acquires like a <laughs> ventriloquist dummy, and he's just knocked the head off. <laughs> So it's like so he has a really to, uh, big leather trench coat with like a a coat hanger in it, so it's still got some of its shape with John Goodman's head on it, and it, he's just like bungee cord the collar around his neck. <laughs> well, there, there are many solutions, but I like the idea of like a very small doll with this giant fucking head <laughs> sitting on um, sitting on Larry David's arm. Well, he could do like a, a Zaphod Beeblebrock sort of thing, where like John Goodman like perches himself like a parrot on. Larry David's shoulder, and then it's like Larry David has two heads. Okay, yeah, that that could. And work. then like, and then like, yeah, like on the we've got the one angle, the one CG angle of him face on, which is really good. But everywhere else, it's like a paper mache. Yeah, I was gonna say it could head. be just like fucking Hitchhiker's Guide. I remember seeing watching the behind the scenes stuff on some of that when I had the DVD, and they were like really, really proud of the uh, job they did on the animatronics of that. Um, Beeble Rock's head and it just looks absolutely fucking terrible and you only ever see it you know uh, like it's eyelids and mouth articulate uh, in that first scene where you meet him and they, they literally tell him the head just to go back to sleep and that's it for the rest of the fucking show it never does anything else and then when you watch these special special face guys talk about the work they put into it and they were you know the pride that's beaming in their voice it's like oh man clearly everyone you know a Beyond you guys in special face, kind of saw the the level of your work and said, "Like we have to write this out immediately." <laughs> I can't remember. Do they write it out? Does he lose his head? No, he doesn't lose his head. But um, they made a they, they made a big effort making an animatronic head. And uh, when they introduce him, it's like, "Yeah, I've got two heads." They both talk this, that, and the other. And the other one, yeah, and the animatronic head starts going and. It's like, oh no, just go back to sleep, and he just goes, uh, and then just yeah, goes to sleep, and then he go back to sleep. Then yeah, that head never does anything else for the rest of the show. It's just yeah, hanging so off I, the actor's I, he, uh, shoulder. Yeah, I seem to remember it was very disconcerting because, like you say, even when it was—I mean, it was always asleep—but even when it wasn't asleep, it always looked sort of 
well, brain damaged, basically. Yeah, it looked very punch drunk. There's the, yeah. Those are some cauliflower eyelids. It looked like he'd been through the ringer. Yeah, so I remember when they uh, were discussing how to do it, they were talking about, well, maybe he could have, like, a head in his pocket or something. Yeah. Oh, well, that sounds gross. Um, yeah, that's that's almost Lynchian, really. <laughs> you just have one, you know, close, an extreme close-up of a pocket, and there's just this tiny head in there. Hello. So you, you could have a whole thing where Larry David um, and John Goodman, like the whole, you know, series two... Um, John Goodman is, you know, sort of leading Larry David on, like, you know, I know where they, these loafers are. I, I actually knew someone who worked in the factory where they make them, and I'll take you there. And, you know, it's all about Larry David sort of working his way, you know, out of L.A. through Southern California to find this factory. And then they get there, and it's like there's zombies everywhere and loads of, like, military zombies everywhere in body armor, and it's really hard to get into. And Larry David's constantly saying to John Goodman, why is there all this security? And then they get in, and it's not a loafer factory at all. It's, Larry David wouldn't wear loafers anyway, it's trainers. <laughs> uh, um, it's, it's not a shoe factory at all. It's Boston Dynamics. And all John Goodman's been doing is sort of leading him here so he can find himself some legs. <laughs> but some prime legs as well. Some he does prime it. legs. There's no body, though. It's just John Goodman on some legs. This pretense some... that he wants to you know, reunite with his body is absolute horseshit. He wants to build himself into the perfect, perfect machine. They go to Japan at some point and he just knocks the Asimov head off that little robot and just sticks... John Goodman's head on it. Now and I he think can walk upstairs and all sorts. I think John Goodman ends up on uh, ends up on a spot, you know, <laughs> on like a spot, on a spike. Oh, is it Spike? I can't remember. That's the dog, right? What the the name of the dog robot at Boston Dynamics? It's like oh, they call I it Spot or something. He ends like up that. on that. Yeah, but but when you say he ends up on that, he ends up like where the tail would be. So he's like driving it like it's an oil tanker. <laughs> And so, to save on writing for John Goodman, the rest of his dialogue for the rest of the show is just brum brum. <laughs> Fuck, do you remember brum? Do you remember brum? I need some help with that one. I'm going to, let me just bring There's up. There's a, t- a TV show where it was about a very small car um, that would drive itself around. And it's headlights were eyes. I, I have an image of my... Oh, that's not what I had in my head. But no, I do remember that. I was never going to be able to tell you what it was, though. Jesus, that's a fucking nightmare. When you're a man dressed as a car, that's amore. What was the fucking point of this show? Jesus. What show? Brum. Brum. What's the point of anything? What was the point of Hubbub? I don't know what Hubbub is. (laughs) I told you, it's it's that man who lives in Nelson's Column and he delivers stuff on his bike. And he comes out, at the intro, he comes out. I don't think he speaks at all. It's, it's sort of like a you know, slapstick thing. But the only time he speaks, I seem to remember, is when he comes out of Trafalgar Square, Trafalgar Square, Nelson's Column, which has a door to his house in Nelson's Column, and he, he goes to the music, Hubbub. Oh, I don't remember this at all. Did I ever watch this? I don't know. I'm not getting anything useful on the internet just as well. You just type in Brum. Well, I did that, but I'm look, trying to look up Hubbub, but it looks like I've, I haven't got the Hubbub right... TV show. That's what I've got, and uh, it's nothing... I'm seeing a lot of... 
what I imagine are pretty new kids TV shows. Nothing that I'm that familiar with. And uh, well, maybe this is a kids TV shows. Do you think it should be like Larry David and John Goodman? And Larry David has one end of a ladder like in his arms, and John Goodman has the other end of a ladder in his teeth. And Larry David's going to me, and John Goodman's going, hurrah. <laughs> and that's all it is. To me, hurrah. To me, hurrah. Nah, dispense with that. I think it should be Larry David and John Goodman in Lazy Town. <laughs> and Larry David Larry is Goodman that girl. Is Sporticus. <laughs> and John Goodman has a pink bob. <laughs> Still disembodied, though. Didn't you think that all of the puppets, the like latex puppets, looked like Russell? I mean, what, Lazy Town? I, I would say any latex pu- uh, puppet in general kind of looks like uh, Russell. When he's, yeah. Particularly when he's not talking, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, when he talks, he looks completely different. But <laughs> Oh, you're reminded that he's actually an animate human being, but he's an incredibly still <laughs> man when he's not being interacted with. How has Lazy Town become so well-known? It only lasted, like, two seasons. I have no idea, but... It seemed to have captured the imagination of millions of man-children. Millions of paedophiles. Yeah, a little bit. I think so. Yeah, yeah. You are a pirate. Well, that, that doesn't help, yeah. <laughs> that was golden. <laughs> yeah. Um, so does Roseanne make an appearance or is she too racist? Hmm, I don't know. She could be too unruly on set. She... Do, you, do you know, a na- um, I woke up the other day and a name came to me for no reason at all. Didn't have a dream about her or anything, uh, but it was a name I've not thought in hundreds of years. And you are going to laugh when I say this name for no reason. Just, just what a weird name to think. Okay. V- Vanessa Phelps. <laughs> <laughs> now tell me, was your dick in your hand when this name popped into your head? <laughs> Is she part of the slideshow? Don't remember what she looked like. The slideshow. <laughs> zooming in, zooming in, zooming in. Zooming out, zooming out, zooming out. Tap, oh yeah, tap, zoom tap. out. There's, 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 yeah, there's plenty of material to work with there. You want to get the whole picture? That's fat shaming, Damien. Fat shame. Why, why do you hate fat people so much? I didn't I'm going to see you. Damien I was trying to celebrate you. What are you talking about? I haven't seen Damien in like two years. I'm I'm fully expecting you're going to be like 400 pounds when I see you. Oh, yeah. No, I've put on some serious tonnage. I've, I've taken a lot of pride <laughs> in that. You know you're fat when your shoes don't fit anymore. <laughs> shoes? Good God, man. <laughs> I'm all about so sandals it's... and a muumuu. I am wearing oh. shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Judicial wear. <laughs> I also have a, a bracelet here that says return wearer to hospital. I don't know how that got there, but I can't seem to pry it off with my teeth. So I guess I'll leave it. Um, yeah, so maybe Vanessa Phelps could go and fit in there. Uh, maybe maybe <laughs> Trisha. No one has ever said that before. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Trisha Goddard. She's still around. Maybe, Damien, maybe Rinda. Oh, Okay. Maybe maybe there's a bit where they instead of the governor and it's this tyrant, it's Rinder. Oh like, yeah, this no, community like a mil- follows the rule of law, and the rule of law is my whim. Oh yes, now they get ushered into like a military court or something like that. It's all. It's, or, or it's Rinder, and he's just rolling his eyes and 
you know, calling for people to have their heads chopped off. But uh, then John Goodman already has his head chopped off. So what could, what punishment could befit John Goodman for his crime of breaking into the pantry and sort of eating Twinkies? <laughs> well, easily, easily, it's going to be that he's going to be sewn to part of Rinder's body, and <laughs> and is slowly absorbed by the Rinder. Yeah, because Rin- Rinder's like just this sort of amorphous mass at this point. Oh, no, no, nothing like that. I, th- um, I think he's slowly absorbed into the abdomen. You know, you, you see him later in the series where he's, um, uh, he's casting judgment on people and you know, car- carrying out sentences, all that kind of stuff, rather than, you know, bring in his um, boot boys to kind of, you know, put a rifle in someone's mouth. He simply stands up from behind his podium and just opens up his shirt. And then you have basically John Goodman's head kind of launches out like the um, <laughs> mouth from uh, the alien, right? <laughs> and just fucking, yeah, goes to town on them, basically. Oh, I was thinking that you were, you were saying like they, they sew... John Goodman's head to Rinder's body and John Goodman's head like begins to get absorbed quite quickly and Larry get, Larry David like realizes you know oh god I actually liked John Goodman we were we were friends now that Richard Lewis is dead he's he was my best friend <laughs> and um and like Larry David like realizes he's devastated by this and you know lashes out uh, so Larry David you know gets the punishment as well um and you know they 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 set set it up so Larry David's going to be executed and you know uh, Rinder he's absorbed by this point he's absorbed John Goodman and he's you know flouncing about going oh yes legalese and saying you know giving a big show to everyone like we, we can't have you know we can't have whatever Larry David did going on in our community we must punish him we're going to have to hang him and there, he's there on the gallows and they're about to hang him. And he goes up to him, he's talking to him, he's, he's making a big show of it. And then he goes up to Larry David and he says something to Larry David, but it's John Goodman's voice and he winks. And you realise <laughs> that John Goodman's taking over Rinder's body. Oh, it's a real throw your fist up in the air moment as well. And that's when the rock music comes in and he just starts fucking pounding people left and right. With with an, a massive gavel. Yes, but this is when you can start seeing a lot of tension behind you know Rinder's face, and you can start see it start to split like a center split. Then it's, it, as soon as it reaches like that critical point, that's when John Goodman just shoots out of Rinder's face. <laughs> so does John Goodman take over his body, or is John Goodman a, a floating severed head again? I think that he's, uh, he 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 bursts out, but he's bringing the spinal cord with him. He started his project to build himself a new body. <laughs> oh, I was I was thinking that Rinder's head gets ejected, and John Goodman's head like it snaps back, like a Pez dispenser or something. <laughs> yeah, like like pop up pirate, and, <laughs> and he immediately is like, "This body is too feeble," and just starts eating and starts trying to tack on mass. And then, you know, the next season we're, we're back and John Goodman's almost, almost back to the healthy size he was. No, not at all. It's like he's not growing a new body at all. Just the head itself just keeps getting larger and larger. So when you see it next <laughs> season, it's just, he's just as tall as Larry David, but he's just a head. He's, he's now Larry David's mode of transport. Larry David just gets on the ears, gets up on top of him and then starts running. And oh, John he's fashioned Goodman a saddle, running. yeah. He's given up on the loafers. He's found a much better way to get about now. Yeah, he's got to roll sideways though because if he doesn't, Larry David gets his feet bloody every time John Goodman's neck, you know, or he no, could even no, fall he into the roll. Throat. I think he like bounces like a space buff or whatever they call. 
And then, like, season four, that's when they're, you know, fastening the spider legs <laughs> to him. They, they're going after um, Will West. Yeah, I was going to say Wild West, right? <laughs> yeah, Wild West, yeah. Very nice. Wild, 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 wild west. Jack met a spider. Look out of this clash rag. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think that's it. I think that's the best zombie show that could ever exist. Yeah, I, that's perfect. As we usually say, put it to production straight away. If yeah, the right people want to get in touch, we've got, we've got a treatment almost pretty much ready. You, you could have um, uh, sort of like a cameo. Uh, okay, you know, different cameos. Like I was thinking you could have Dan Aykroyd in a sort of, you know, faux turban. You know, not like a Sikh's turban, like a, a sort of bullshit psychic turban. And he's trying to... He He's an antagonist for a bit because he thinks that John Goodman is like a, an actual crystal ball. <laughs> well, the only way that John Goodman's head has been floating all this time is because he's got a crystal skull, you see. That's, and, right. And that's why he's in pursuit of them. Right, right, and then we can bring in Shia the Beef. <laughs> a bit on a motorcycle or something. Oh, well, yeah, so, you know, we, we're, what, we're strolling into season three now, so we're going to have to kind of up the action set pieces, otherwise people are going to lose interest, really. Just when we start going balls to the wall with the uh, action set pieces. Well, any ideas? I mean, you know, we, we could go the other way and think, well, let's just stick it at a farm for a little bit. It was about five pages. And oh yes, Frank sorry. Garamont's... It could be just be a be a character study. <laughs> well, oh, yeah. John Goodman has actually found contentment. You know, I mean, how, but we haven't got you know got rid of um, Robbie Coltrane, the nemesis, the sausage nemesis. How do we? How do they beat him? I don't know, but if I've got I think, to go to Hogwarts. Uh, I think if we've got. Um, John, a, a massively engorged John Goodman head on a giant metal spider. We're going to have to find some way of, you know, um, beefing up Coltrane because he's going to have to be 50 feet now. He still needs to be a nemesis. There's no way that, you know, he's threatening if uh, John Goodman's a giant spider. Okay, so, so how does he do that then? Are you thinking like he, he just, I don't know, is he constantly looking for meat so he can grow, or is he? Is it more of a sort of cybernetic thing? I think we can wrangle in Rick Moranis for this job, and he's got one of his fucking fancy mm-hmm. lasers again, so it's, honey, I blew up the sausage man. <laughs> made him ultra big. I was thinking you were going more of like a Resident Evil uh, sort of mutagen thing where Rick Moranis is like one of um, Robbie Coltrane's arms, and then like Vanessa Phelps is like the big eye. That he has as a shoulder. Okay, yeah. Hmm, I quite like that. Um, who else could uh, uh, Robbie Coltrane absorb? Who else would we be talking about? Hmm, it's a miserable um, death, so we'd like to see absorbed by, uh, say, James May. He can be slowly absorbed into that. He could oh, be we, part of his leg that's always screaming. And always trying to sort of uh, reconstruct meat grinders and things, and that leads us to Ramsey, and that is a that is a whole uh, avenue of misdirect over a number of episodes because Ramsey's there and he's got his you know he's got his highlights and everything, but his eyes are just bloodshot, like there's just the pupils and then just red, 
and he's just like on edge, like oh, and and he he's he's got the only restaurant in town, and we we set it up so it's like really obvious, like oh this is th- oh these sausages are delicious, Mr. Ramsey, Chef Ramsey, and he's like yeah they are. What what are they again? Oh, don't worry about that. Just meat, just normal meat. And we're constantly like building it up like it's human meat, but then we find out it's not human meat at all. It's just it's just off its sell by date. He's really ashamed. I was going to say that his uh, kitchen's in a mess. No, that um, Robbie Coltrane was never antagonist at all. You find him, you know, strapped down in a warehouse. They just found that his body seems to absorb um, meat and grow from it. So he's just cutting bits off him. Yeah, he's being kept as cattle basically. Coltrane Wellington. Okay. Coltrane sausages. Well, sausage. Coltrane steak. Yeah, naturally, yeah. Uh, or maybe maybe they don't do that. Coltrane maybe, potatoes. Maybe maybe when they do sausages, that's the mistake they make because then every sausage, like oh yeah, these sausages are going to be great. Didn't want to do them at first because I couldn't get any intestines for the skin. Uh, but now we we found a pig. We've got some pig intestines. We're going to put some Robbie Coltrane mincemeat into this pig intestine. Ties them up, fries them away, serves them with some mash and. Just as like someone's about to eat them, this these sausages on everyone's, everyone's sausages on everyone's plates in this restaurant, they start to like jiggle, and then they start to become little Robbie Coltrane, <laughs> and he's self-replicating. Yes, yeah, no one, you know, kind of uh, gives it a second thought, and so they can see it some, uh, something very quietly, and that they can't really, can't quite pay. Heads down to the platter, they they hear that's where the noises come from. They hear ever so quietly, sausage, and it gets louder and louder. And as you look, you see these tiny little mouths sprouting from this sausage. Yeah, and, and eventually and legs. All the, the very um, you know uh, knowledgeable. You know, I'm outside of the show now. All all of the you know knowledgeable people in the know who work for the AV Club and Collider and respected things like that. They um they they come out and they say you know we we panned this at the beginning because uh, it didn't make the the title didn't make any sense but now in season four calling this sausage nation makes total sense because <laughs> it's all about a city that is full of Robbie Coltrane's absolutely it's almost like Fantasia as well you know um, when they're... yeah and it's almost like Die Hard two as well because a lot of it is in an airport at times at times yeah a lot, lot of boxes and stuff like Ant Man. <laughs> yeah most of that was in an airport wasn't it uh, I, I'm going to say yes I remember a train so an do airport. you think Ant-Man should have been Rick Moranis <laughs> didn't they miss a beat there instead of having Phoebe's boyfriend yes absolutely. Well, Rick Moranis for like most of the roles in any of those Marvel movies I think Rick Moranis should have been Thanos <laughs> just a giant Rick Moranis no, he's the same size. He's still a little guy, but... He's just, a, you know, for some reason, a titan. <laughs> no, he's just, you know, he's very charismatic. People, you know, people are down with it. <laughs> charismatic ruler. <laughs> very efficient, you know. Um, yeah, okay, I like that. Um, Javier Bardem? I can do, only... do we need we need more women in this, I think, Damien. Like, could there be a love interest? Is well, Cheryl I mean, in it? Uh, Javier Bardem, if we're thinking No Country for Old Men, that's arguably a feminine haircut. We can just, we can kind of say it's the same thing. And the feminine haircut equals woman. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, according to my time at school, yes, apparently so. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't think you had a feminine haircut. Oh, no, but that's the kind of shit that they would say. 
Oh, is it? Well, yeah. Why did you Why did you have one then? I had I mean, long hair. It was down hair. to your, down to your ass. <laughs> <laughs> then that was fine. It's when you used to tie it in pigtails, Damien. You didn't do yourself any favors. <laughs> <laughs> not not pigtails, but like layer pigtails. Like one long one. plaid, you know. It's like I was trying to be Lara <laughs> Croft. <laughs> Yeah, but it was like a mohawk plaid, plaid, like it was coming out of the front. So you'd constantly have to like move it to the left or right. It was always in the way. Yes, I mean, I, I, I overlooked one very crucial part of the planning stage when I did that. John Goodman could have that, and when he doesn't have his scimitar in his teeth, he could use that as a weapon to like whip people with his like Viking braided hair. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then, you and like something well, he could, he could a Morningstar at the end of it, you know, or just the or like actual he, mace bit. If you think of Abe, you know Abe from Abe's Odyssey? I didn't think he was any, anybody else, yes. Yeah, you know, <laughs> didn't think it was Abraham Lincoln. A, Abe, you know his ponytail, like, it grows on the crown of his head? Yes. Like, that's where John Goodman's enormous man braid is. But then he's, you know, that is completely symmetrical to the massive braid coming out of his beard, out of his chin. So, so, he's got, so he can, like, spin around really fast and, like, whip people with that. I think yeah. So like he's like a shuriken the, yeah, throwing star. Yeah, like a shuriken. Damn, yeah. he beat me. <laughs> he's got like a shuriken throwing star where instead of, you know, steel blades, it's hair. <laughs> hair. So very it tight cut hair. you. It just kind of grosses you out when it brushes your Gives mouth. Gives you a wallop. <laughs> oh, I, I think know, I, I tasted will, it. I'm... Yeah, and that is good for like you know when he's not out and about with Larry David kicking ass, you can play with the kiddies as a sort of, you know, like softball thing, <laughs> you know, one, around one of those posts. What are they called? Oh, Maypole, I think. Is that right? No, not a Maypole. You know, no, you know, like one of those um, poles where you would have a tennis ball with... Uh, on. Oh, a, I know what you're talking about, on, yeah. On a string, racquetball I... or something. Not racquetball. No, but... I, but I know what you're talking about. Um, ball and stick. <laughs> 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 Hoop stick. Fuck the fuck if I know. I saw one of those on Dragon's Den once, uh, but it was for a football that did exactly the same thing, and they wanted like three hundred grand. Of course they did. <laughs> I mean, if I, you know, if I got that far, I, you know, I'd give it a go. I'm asking for seven figures, actually. The the guy I seem to remember went, and he went with his his two kids and the dragons. Uh, said to these kids, do you like it? And both of these kids were like, yeah. <laughs> Can we have our pocket yeah. money now? I don't think they invested. Um, yeah. Uh, I Yeah. So <laughs> John Goodman's this shuriken thing. Does Larry David have a weapon of choice or is he completely, is he a complete pacifist? Uh, he's not pacifist, but he's just beholden to John Goodman for all his ill deeds. He doesn't need to take up arms at all because he has this this man, this head, whatever you want to call him, in his corner. So is it that Larry David is, you know, walking along and zombies aren't interested? Or is it just that John Goodman eviscerates the zombies? Yes, he's a, a very effective deterrent for most forms of conflict. And it would, you know, it would kind of, he'd be able to skirt all conflict almost entirely if it weren't for John Goodman's unholy bloodlust. It's what gets Larry David into uh, into trouble. Otherwise, yes. He, he, well, one of the things, as well as Larry David's mouth, of course, yes, yes. Um, we could have our, uh, a cameo with Tarantino, and he's also um, Quentin Tarantino is also just a head, but he can't float. 
for some reason. Uh, but he does have. Um, it's just him. It's a head, and then just a pair of feet. <laughs> pair, a pair, just a pair of bare feet walking around, like uh, like the Goombas in Mario. I was gonna. I was thinking more of Cuba actually. We just like Cuba. Something, something stupid on uh, the front of Tarantino's face. Yeah, and he's always pouting, so he looks exactly like Cubert. But does he talk like? Does he have Cubert's voice as well? <laughs> what was Cubert's voice? I mean, Cubert. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> but he still talks. I don't remember. Um, Typical Tarantino bullshit. <laughs> does he? Okay. What does he say? I, I've not heard Tarantino say anything in a long time. Oh, I'm just. I, I, I don't know. Well, I couldn't tell you anything. I'm, ju- I'm just kind of thinking of a, a, any of the dialogue from any of his movies, really. He, yeah, he, he comes out, he's in his dressing gown, and he's going on to Larry. Yeah, this is the whole thing. He and Larry David get into this massive altercation. Does this. Does my lawn say dead zombie storage on it? And Larry David's like, I've nothing, to, not, not anything to do with these zombies. These zombies were already here. Does does my lawn say dead zombie storage on it? And then John Goodman comes out and whips him. <laughs> and Tarantino has no chance because you know he's a head on on, on feet. Like the, these feet are cut off at the ankles. Like he's only oh like yeah, a there's foot no mo- there's no mobility whatsoever. It's, it's almost mm. like they're fixed. Like it's it's very unclear how he got the door open. <laughs> Best left unanswered, really. <laughs> you, you, um, you reckon it's something yeah. to do with the furious grimace that he's uh, he's got when he opens the door? Like he willed it open with the sheer look of hate on him. <laughs> um, Samuel L. Jackson, what would he be up to? <laughs> oh, I think he's Tarantino's handler. You know. <laughs> what you don't see is um, before the door swings open is that he he's carrying him by a hand and gently positions him in front and then he's actually just tapping the door around from the side. It's all an illusion. He's just the handler. It's a yes, real what, waste because he's is never well. in sight and he's no, no dialogue whatsoever. We just know that... he's there because you can see the the uh, the shadow cast by um, is it. Is it uh, Jules is uh, Afro in the backs of uh, Paulie that scenes. <laughs> oh, you see, I wasn't going to say Jules. I was going to say um, it's Samuel L. Jackson as Zeus from Die Hard 3, but he's also playing Moz from the It Crowd. <laughs> They've got the same shirt and everything and the same sort of can-do attitude, but it is Samuel L. Jackson as Zeus, but also as Moz from the It Crowd. <laughs> There's no change in the behaviour whatsoever. It's just him with uh, acting as a foil to um, what was his fucking name, the Irish dude, Chris O'Dowd. Chris O'Dowd, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jen's not in it. Well, no, we can do without Jen. It's fine. But Matt Berry. But we need more women. <laughs> we can get Matt Berry in a dress. It's fine. He's game. Again, that's a woman. <laughs> Hair, hair or clothes, that makes it a woman. I didn't say it makes him a woman, but I think he'd be prepared to, you know, dress up for us. Um, yeah, no, I, I really think we should have a woman in there. I'm just, just sort of thinking, uh, who would be right? Who would be right? Hmm. Well, I thought we had uh, Trisha and Vanessa Phelps. We're kind of covered, really. Well, what's Trisha up to? I thought she was also signed to Robbie Coltrane. <laughs> right. She's like his, he's, she's his knee or something. Yeah, I can't decide if Robbie Coltrane's like the blob or if it's like the human centipede or something like that. But maybe somewhere between the two, we can find something 
you know, whether something sufficient in the body horror category. Um, you know who we could have? We could have, um, oh, what is her name? I want to say Eileen, but it's not Eileen. The um, talk show host, she's blonde. Uh, she's very, very famous. She's uh, had a talk show for a long time. She got in trouble recently for having a, a toxic work environment. It turns out that oh, she's Ellen. a complete arsehole. Ellen, that's it. Ellen. Ellen. Right, and she is sewn onto the back of Paul O'Grady. <laughs> and Paul O'Grady's the good one, and she's the bad one. Right, okay. I see. Hmm. Are you not liking that? No, I'm just trying to see where this all fits in. It's get, starting to get a bit ridiculous now, George. I think you understand. <laughs> it's, uh, we've stepped over the line now. This is ludicrous. <laughs> well, okay. Well, never mind. <laughs> We don't want to get too carried away, for fuck's sake. Um, do we want any... I don't know, like, I'm just trying to think of where, where this ends up before we finish. Like, what's the conclusion? Do they all end up on an island living happily ever after, or what? <laughs> I really want to be such a hack and just say yes, and then it just cuts. <laughs> or, like, just, just out of nowhere, like, nothing's resolved. Um, Larry David and... John Goodman are walking along and Larry David says, what do you think happens when you die? And John Goodman says, oh, nothing. I, I think it just goes black. It, it just goes and then just cuts to black. Hmm. Okay, yeah, sort of like a Sopranos type thing. Um, mm -hmm. I think we're being pretty ambitious here. I don't think we're going to get enough... Uh, I don't think we're going to get renewed as you know, far enough to reach this point. I think, you know, uh, what will be our very faithful viewers and fans will be just be left hanging you know, after like season two, where they don't know what's going to happen um, after, you know, Rinder absorbs John Goodman. We know, obviously, um, but I don't think, you know, the full narrative arc will come to fruition. Yeah, they, they won't get any satisfaction unless they look at the original graphic novel. <laughs> <laughs> Which I've been hurriedly drawing this whole time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All 400 editions. <laughs> <laughs> All on one single roll of toilet paper. <laughs> Talent. <laughs> well, make sure your dad doesn't use it. I'm sure he wouldn't know. You. Surely there's no use for toilet roll in your house. I imagine it's very sophisticated. I imagine there's a bidet. Mm, I'm sure that's what he calls it, but it's not a bidet. It's a what is it? Sink. It's like a. It's a garden. It's a garden hose. It's a garden hose that isn't actually attached to any water, so he has to like put it in a bucket. Put one oh, no, in the no, bucket, and then with the, the end that he puts on his ass, he has to suck the water through to get it going and then just wash his ass with that. No, no, I think it's the only time that my dad has ever shown any ingenuity whatsoever. He's actually bought, you know, four, um, like, ten-metre... Four flesh buckets. Uh, <laughs> garden hoses and managed to MacGyver them all together without any, you know, any leaks whatsoever. So he can run it from the outside tap where one typically affixes a garden hose and he has it trailing around the outside of the house to the, you know, the, the top little window where his um, ensuite bathroom is and he has it, has it constantly running, just hanging in the... Um, in, in the sink next to his toilet, but naturally that sink is also right next to the toilet as well, so it's always at arm's length. So I don't even know if that's a joke or not. <laughs> is it? Yes. Oh, okay. this, it is now. 
because he could have easily done that. And but, for what? I mean, if I didn't keep just, my voice down, I might, his you know, <laughs> I might have inspired him. So <laughs> when I realized, I saw that, a, spent like fifty uh, quid on Amazon. You know, I'll know what it's for. I saw an ad the other day. Uh, they say Google Ads doesn't know what you want, but obviously it does. Uh, I saw an ad the other day for like a a extremely cheap, I think like non fixed. It must have been non fixed bidet for about ninety dollars. Um, like you know, not a bidet that you would plumb in, right? But, but like a, a sort of freestanding thing. And uh, the way it sold it was, if you don't use a bidet, you're walking around uh, with feces around your arsehole. Like, it sort of was like trying to shame you into right, okay. buying it. And I just think, like, yeah, I am. <laughs> Everyone is. Yeah, I mean, that's where it walking, comes walking from. Walking around with feces under your fucking fingernails. You know, I mean, I, I don't know what to say to that. Like, you, you know, I just, yeah, it's, it's gross out there. You know, when you walk on the street, there have been times where those, those streets have been covered in shit. Mm. Your, your shoes are covered in shit. I mean, get over it. Yeah. The answer isn't a bidet. The answer is stop washing your fucking hands, Mary. <laughs> it's to sew your arsehole shut. <laughs> I don't know, just, just like what a weird thing to try and guilt me into. Yeah. Clearly like, it um, hasn't worked. Why don't you have shaved balls? <laughs> Freak. Manscape, manscaping. That's that's the thing. I mean, you don't need a fucking special shaver to cut your pubic hair. <laughs> Just need a pair of rusty scissors and a very steady hand. <laughs> and the will. <laughs> oh, because it's hair by hair. hair. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I mean, uh, have you seen those ads for stuff like that? No, but I'm gonna be maybe not, not the bidet one. But I'm sure you've seen the the bull. Scrapers one. Mm. Uh, no, I see a lot of skull shavers. Um, skull shavers. Yeah. Um, just like a for the modern Sioux. <laughs> kind of. It's, it's just, just an a... elaborate, you know, hair clipper, but with a fancy handle that's supposed to be designed to be run over a cue ball effortlessly. Yeah. Unlike all the other ones that exist, they're they're not effortless at all. No, not at all. I did have a one personalized ad come up, and it was a, it was a mop bucket, and it said underneath "problems flushing." Naturally, <laughs> clicked by ten. <laughs> I imagine they only come in tens. <laughs> they would have to. Obviously, since I, I bought my own flush bucket, um, the old man has got into the habit of um, rather than bringing um, the the former waste paper basket from his bathroom to fill it up. The bathtub. He'll just take mine now, and then. Yes, you told me that. Yeah. And uh, now returns it. Oh, he returns it. Okay. Yeah. Good. Well, it's you like, can well, stand stand down the army then. Well, yeah, but if only he did that with the first one in the fucking first place. You know, that's what should have done from the beginning. Actually, well, you should have done it in the beginning. Is just, just get a plumber in to sort this fucking shit out. Pardon the pun. I I saw an ad once, and it was for um. Uh, I guess it was like a camping supplies ad, but it, it sort of billed itself as like uh, camping, uh, caught on the road, uh, need to use the... I mean, it would, it would never say need to defecate, right? That's that's far too on the nose, you know. Need to relieve oneself by the side of the road. You can do so now in full privacy. And what it was was it was a, a tent, right? 
like a, a dome tent, um, but it only went up to your head. So you would get into this thing and you would like have it around your head, like you were wearing, sort of like wearing like a, a like a really big puffy nineteenth century dress that instead gotcha. of being puffy from the waist goes up to, to the, the neck, to the neck, and you would you you would have this tent and then you know like defecate or piss whilst wearing this. <laughs> I really want one. <laughs> I mean, you, you could just walk around in it, I suppose. It didn't look like it was, like, full-size, though. You'd have to sit down. Okay. Well, that kind of spoils it for me. I just want this yeah. giant shield where no one can see my my body and its offensive activities underneath. Yeah, essentially it's like a moo with a wire frame. But it's, like, flush to the floor. So, obviously, when I you know, <laughs> walk far, farther, uh, far enough for the shit to breach that perimeter, <laughs> that's when they know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you say it, when you say it's it's like it's flush to the floor, like is it flush or does it have like a big train coming behind it, like Princess Diana's wedding dress? <laughs> oh, I like that a bit more actually. It slowly <laughs> think glides if you go through the over footage, it. You'll spot like a turd rolling around in that. <laughs> she probably had to be sewn into it. So, ah, oh, yes. And then I just kind of you know once it's clear, I kind of stand next to it, and anyone that walks by, you know, with my eyes, can they check that out? Like what I did. You can't see what I'm doing. I'm doing something worse right now. <laughs> yeah, because I guess it isn't. It's 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 illegal to piss or shit in public. But is it illegal to piss or shit in private and then have that piss or shit be in public? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm going to start. I mean, I, I I don't have the 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 finances for such incredible technology of which you're talking, but I'm going to start bringing a bedsheet with me wherever I go, <laughs> or like a a set of mirrors on hinges. <laughs> <laughs> like, and if you're in the woods and you set it up right, like it'll work quite well, where people will not be able to see anything but trees. <laughs> But then suddenly what they thought was just trees over there starts moving and it's you packing away all these mirrors and there's just a heap of shit where you were. Yes. And I haven't pulled up my trousers yet either. I really give up the ghost. You just waddle off. Like mirrors in one hand and sort of like pulling them up with the other. But you've had such a big shit, they don't stay around. Oh, yeah. But I mean, I feel naturally feel ashamed. That's why I'm trying to conceal it. As soon as I... See, it's like, oh shit, I've been made, you know, better fucking cheese it. And I make it all of three feet before I capsize over my own hot triumph. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's it's steaming. It looks like you could cook something on it. Oh, yeah. Oh. You'd think they were f- freshly fucking bra- baked brownies if it weren't for the uh, Mr. Whippy shape. <laughs> if it weren't for, the, for it obviously being shit. <laughs> they are on a windowsill, you know. <laughs> that part's right. There's <laughs> like cartoon robins like dancing around it. Ah, oh, yes. Chirping. Beautiful. Uh. Well, I still, I still want to know how we defeat Robbie Coltrane. I thought Ramsey was, you know, um, just taking him apart piece by piece. No, but he's growing back all the time, and eventually those, you know, the leather straps are going to give. Hmm. Hmm. It's a kind of, oh, we've written ourselves into a corner. Yeah, we, I, I knew we'd, we'd fucking, we've overdone it. 
Well, well, no, because then if he's if he's indestructible, that obviously leads us, you know, to Arnold. Well, Arnold, Arnold is metal and is outclassed by this regenerating biological nemesis, and he has to, you know. Larry David's walking around, and then Arnold turns up and goes, "Come with me if you want to live," and. Larry David's like, um... Yeah, it's like, Larry, that's right. really played out. I've heard that a million times. I'm not bothering with that. And immediately gives him the cold shoulder. It's, it's a very expensive cameo. <laughs> and, then, and then in the background of the next scene, you can just see Arnold counting all of this money, like this heap of money. I think, you know, it's just like, you know, he's, he's brushed off almost immediately, and he's, he's completely shocked because he was given a different script, What's you know, entirely. And it's just goes nice and close up on his face while he looks completely dejected and that's when the theme tune comes back in <laughs> it ends up with um, Arnold losing his head so John Goodman takes Arnold's body but he's quite dis- displeased like oh yeah he's nice and tall but uh, I need to bulk out and then we just see like a massive overweight Arnold oh, well yeah I don't think it would have to because at this point there was and that's th- the end game it's it's Arnold's body with John Goodman's head versus Robbie Coltrane with Rick Moranis as an arm and Trisha Goddard as a leg. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have some horrible nightmares this evening. Jesus. Oh, no, but it isn't John Goodman's body, R- Rinder's body now. Hmm. Oh. Now, didn't we say that after he'd broken free that he started absorbing mass and just became one giant swollen head? That's why he needs to pack on oh, massive right. Arnold because Arnold's frame won't support, you know, a head that is essentially, you know, just, twenty feet in radius. You know, it's just like a massive nodding head. Like, yeah, he can't. Su- Arnold's body can't support John Goodman's massive head. So it's like Arnold's body in like an iron. He's lung. just pushing round, yeah, you know, John Goodman's head in a shopping trolley as he's keeled over. Yeah. And that's where it ends. That's that's the happy ending we're we're looking for. Larry David finally finds his shoes. <laughs> I think you know John Goodman's going down a you know quite steep hill in that shopping trolley, and that's what you know will run over Robbie Coltrane, bifurcate him almost completely. Too much yeah. damage to regenerate, and he slowly bleeds Jeff out. Jeff Green springs out, and everything's better. <laughs> I want the credits yeah. to be at least twenty minutes. You know, there's a lot. You know, a very dedicated uh, team went into this. Yeah, and it's Gwen Stefani over the credits as well. <laughs> Any particular... Or, or Aqua? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go with Aqua. <laughs> Aqua. Dr. Jones, Dr. Jones. Because <laughs> Gwen Stefani no. wasn't asinine enough. I know, Aqua sort of, you know, it almost looks ironic, whereas Gwen Stefani is definitely not ironic. Exactly. That might look like we're trying a bit too hard, you know. Yeah. We yeah. want that. Um, no, fuck that. We, Gwen Stefani, probably too expensive. Uh, let's just get Tiny Temper. <laughs> no, Dizzy Rascal, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, again, too ironic. <laughs> just go and get Noel Edmonds doing Christmas songs. Okay. Noel Edmonds doing, you know, doing the repertoire of Tiny Temper. How about that? Yeah, and what a no, repertoire! Biggie it is. <laughs> no Biggie Smalls. No Biggie Smalls. I want to see yeah. Noel Edmonds up. do fucking hypnotize. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we've done it. There, zombies. Yeah. 
Like always. Let's, let's never speak of it again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I guess we're done. Yeah. Well, uh, before we go, I should say uh, that, um, as I'm sure most people listening to this are aware or are at least not affected by, uh, my YouTube channel was hacked last week um, for about two hours. And on the last video I did, which I think was the health video, it was the health video, um, they, whoever hacked it, posted as a reply to every single comment, buy Bitcoin. Um, so, I mean, I've, I've sorted all that out and everything, and I did put a comment on there saying, don't buy Bitcoin. Uh, but obviously, that wasn't me. Please don't buy Bitcoin. Um, I think it says something as well that that happened the day before a Bitcoin flash crash. So it was obviously an effort to pump it and dump it. Um, if you want to buy Bitcoin, you know, please do. I don't know anything about it. Oof. Just don't buy it because someone tells you on fucking YouTube. Especially in a comment section. Yeah, so there you I, go. I didn't know if well, there you go. Yeah, and YouTube, of course, you know, I go in, um, go into security options. No one's logged in apart from my computer. So what did they do, YouTube? Did they take control of my fucking computer? It doesn't look like it. Um, I'd love to know what the fuck they're playing at. Because this has not just happened to me. This has happened to loads of YouTubers, apparently, over the last year. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to say, you know, if you saw any weird messages from me about Bitcoin, it wasn't me. That, that's it. Damien's there like, oh, I've got three Bitcoins. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I remember the password when we, uh, when you set that up. It's me that's fucking around. Yeah, I mean, um, apparently Dogecoin is higher value now, which I, I think is hilarious. Like, what sort of world am I living in now? Yeah. I mean, I like that. I like Dogecoin. That's very funny. But also, what? Yeah. This, it's going to end in tears, isn't it? It's yeah. going to end in a fucking massive crash. And in, in 70 years, people will be looking back at this the same way we look back at the Wall Street crash when people were buying, you know, of 29, where people were buying, you know, like busboys were buying like three cars and stuff. And they'll think, well, obviously... I don't know. Maybe it's not. I'm not trying to make anyone scared or anything, but it just seems very fucking weird. Yeah, it does seem bizarre. It does seem like something's going to give at some point. Yeah. So anyway, there you go. Uh, so we're going to we're going to do the uh, fan art episode soonish. Maybe not the next episode. I'm not sure, but soonish. So get that in if you want to send me some crap that you drew. Or whilst in some delirium. <laughs> right, don't get me wrong. I mean, the stuff we've got is is actually worryingly good. But if it's not, don't worry. <laughs> we, you won't be showcased. <laughs> oh, no, you will. You definitely will. Uh, yeah, so that's it. Thanks very much for listening. Yeah. Cool. Ta-ra. Ta-ra. <laughs>